Of all the sounds you'll hear this summer, This might be your new favorite. They're blending up the new chocolate chip iced cap at Tim Hortons. Real chocolate chips blended into an iced cap for a sweet summer treat. It's Tim Hortons frozen take on a cappuccino. And it just might be the best sound of summer. Hurry into Tim Hortons for the new chocolate chip iced cap. Limited time at participating restaurants. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Wrestling podcast. I'm Rich Page alongside, as always, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, how are you? A lot going on. It is. There's a lot. We had last week where we did not have much to talk about, and we kind of somehow unbelievably stretched it out to three hours. This time, I don't know. We got. <laughs> could this be a four hour? I I don't think so. But there there's a lot. There's a lot to handle. A lot to take in. February has finally given us some stuff. After being not very noteworthy, we're going to talk about NXT Takeover. We're going to talk a little bit about New Japan Pro Wrestling, New Beginning in Osaka, and a bunch of other topics as well along the way. Joe, what do you want to start with? Uh, well, there were two big-time shows yesterday, or yesterday as we record this. Why don't we go through, let's do New Japan first. All right, sounds good. So we had, obviously, the new beginning in Osaka. Uh, this was did not air live on New Japan World. It aired, uh, it was up pretty quick, though. It was up, I think, 7.30 a.m. or so. And that's, that's what I was kind of telling people when they were asking, you know, when is this going to be up? They've pretty much never done anything besides, you know, somewhere between 7 and, and 9 p.m., or a.m., rather, uh, Eastern Time. That thing's going to be up there, so... Pretty much don't have to worry in the future when this does happen, but I don't know how many more we have like this. But, yeah, it was up pretty quick. Uh, you reviewed it for the website, obviously, voicewrestling.com. We have it on there. Uh, before we go match by match, overall thoughts. It was a very uh, divisive, controversial, possibly, uh, event. Well, I mean, these could be um, old business deals or whatever, why they don't air live. But it's it's like you said, any any show that hasn't aired live, it's been up like an hour after it ended. Right, because there, there was some issue because when you did a translate uh, for it on New Japan World, it said something like next day at night or something or day later at night or whatever. And I sort of told people, I don't know. I mean, that might mean the next day, which is late night for them or something like like not maybe literally nighttime or like it might be the morning. I said, I don't know. I said pretty much the thing's going to be up right away probably. And lo and behold, it was. So They've all been up about because World Tag League was like this. This show was like this. They've all been up. And I think there was one other. 
I'm there was that one that didn't come up right away, but wasn't there an issue and they made it well known like right away? I, but that one, even then, that one was like nine a.m. or something, and it wasn't even that late. But. Yeah, all of them have been nine or ten a.m. You know, local our local time, Central Time. So, which is basically an hour or two after the show ends in real time, because they ended about six or seven our time. Mm-hmm. So, when they start at four thirty, so um, or three thirty or whatever it is. So yeah, I mean, uh, the, the show overall, I think. Um, here's the thing. People are mad because the the bullet club domination thing, but when, when you really break it down and look, I'm not thrilled with that direction either, but when you really break down the results of the show, the only match result that was surprising was Anderson and Gallows winning the tag titles. The other, the other bullet club wins. None of them should have been a total shock to people. I, I mean, you know, the AJ Styles win. I mean, Tons of people have been predicting that ever since they announced the match. Um, you know, Dave Meltzer has been hinting very strongly since they announced the match that that's the direction they were going. So I don't think that should have surprised anyone. I don't think the Young Bucks winning the time. I mean, any, any of those three teams could have won that match, and it wouldn't have been a surprise. I mean, you know, so – but the tag team titles, yes. Now, when I was watching, once Anderson and Gallows won, which did shock the shit out of me, um, at that point – I knew AJ Styles was going to win because it was pretty, there was no other reason for guns and gallows to win the titles yeah. back at that point. You're, you, it just clicks and you say to yourself, okay, well they're doing a gimmick where the bullet club just dominates the show. So, and I mean, look, I, I we're not the biggest fans of the bullet club thing, but I, I will, I will say this, you know, they've really cut down on the outside interference aspect of it. And since they've done that, it doesn't bother me as much as it used to. I still think it's a little cringy and, you know, the whole NWO parody thing or the wink, wink uh, tribute to the end. Well, it's just not my thing and I'm not a huge fan of it, but the run in stuff is, has been extremely limited. And to me, that makes it a lot more easier. It makes it easier to stomach overall in my, yeah. Cause last year at this that. time, it was not that way. Last year at this time, it was completely go away heat for me. Cause it was every single match would be seven guys running in and out. And, and the baby face would have to constantly the entire time be dealing with those other guys or whatever. I mean, I know, uh, remember when we talked about, uh, Devitt, I forgot, uh, it, which one was, what was his last match in new Japan? Uh, was it invasion attack? I thought it was an invasion attack. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure, but that, that sounds right. Yeah, we're... It might have been. It was Well, AJ Styles debuted at Invasion Attack. So I don't know. No, so Devitt's last match would have been whatever was before Invasion Attack. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't – I'm bad with the names of the shows. So whatever the month before the show, but the month before Invasion that that's where Devitt faced Taguchi. Right, and, and in that one, that was pretty vivid because leading up to that, remember we were talking about how it was – and I remember my talking point was, man, Devitt is so good and I haven't seen him wrestle – in, you know, six months, because every time he's out there, the, he runs in, he does his stuff, and, and, and Devin was still great at doing it, but it was just filled with them coming out and coming in, and he never felt like he got a real match or a real win at any point during the last six months. And then that match was very vivid because he sends them to the back, or, you know, the, the, the Bucks are, you know, annoying him or whatever, and he just says, hey, I'm doing this on my own, and that was cool. That was fun, and we finally got that. We're not getting that anymore with the Bullet Club. So I get, yeah, that, that aspect of it is okay. There is some fatigue, though, overall, with, you know, the Guns and Gallows we talked about, that that... That one, I think, is one of the biggest ones. And, and maybe we can talk about – I'll, I'll go back to that, but let me talk about the other ones first. Obviously, the AJ Styles winning the, the, the championship. That I'm not too – because that's fine. I don't think he got a full real good story last year out of it. 
So to me, it, it, it's not a big deal. I'm, fi- I'm fine with that, too. I, I, don't, I don't mind him as champion. It doesn't bother yeah, me. Yeah, that, that, that is the least of the issues, I think. There's a lot of ways you can go with that. You have, obviously, Okada, who can still get his revenge that he's never gotten. You have, you know, you have a more confident, a more over, a better AJ this year than you had last year. I mean, it makes sense. Now would have been the good time to give him the title as opposed to last year when he clearly wasn't ready. The, the office wasn't that behind him. There was a lot of weird issues there. I have no problem with AJ whatsoever. The Bucks went in the junior tag. I mean, to a point, it's 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 whatever. I mean, those junior tag matches, does the champion really matter at any point? I mean, it was really cool when Red Dragon was there because we were getting fresh matches, and I think that's my larger point here that I'm going to talk about, and, and, and Dave talked about it a little bit in The Observer, and it's it's been a talking point amongst people, you know, on our web forum or whatever, as well as that, you know, you get the Bucks, whatever, but there's there's no freshness to the Bucks and those junior tags if Red Dragon's not there. And, and presumably, what do we know right now about Red Dragon? I mean, they don't have the titles. Are they still there or are they you know are, are they still getting booked going forward or what, what's going on do we have any idea i don't or at I, least do you have a guess i don't know now i i i agree with if red dragon isn't going to be booked moving forward then i agree with that that it's that because then we're right back to square one because with forever hooligans out of the picture too then you're down to red dragon versus uh it's just basically the bucks red, rather, yeah. Uh, yeah i'm sorry it's it then it's just the young bucks and time splitters Right, which we've seen because, because <laughs> I, even, I believe twenty seven times. Because so. even the uh even the Suzuki gun guys are gone right now. So you mm. you don't have the the, the Taichi El Desperado no team. So you, Yeah, no Taichi Taka, they're not gonna be there. Right, right. So you're really just down to those two teams. Like, look, I, I wouldn't mind a couple of Young Bucks time splitters matches, but I, I don't want four of them. Right. Um so yeah, that then it would be a problem. If Red Dragon's still gonna be booked on the major shows, then nah, I don't think it's that big a deal because Red Dragon is still fresh enough. I mean, they only showed up in November. So and and when you look at, you know, they had a singles match against the Bucks in in the tournament that they won, and then uh have I don't I don't even think they had another singles match with the Bucks other than that tournament match. Yeah, I don't believe so. Yeah, that, that's so, all I can remember. I mean, yeah, that's fine. But yeah, if, if, they're, if they're not going to be booked moving forward, then yeah, they're going to have to find, uh, they're going to have to find a way to add some more uh, junior teams to the mix. Right, create a team or something. Maybe Taguchi goes back to that role or whatever. Or, or something perfect, like that would be cool. because he's got nothing going on. Right yes, now. please, dear God. Link him up with somebody. <laughs> and I mean, they have juniors on the roster. They just don't have any, you know, quote unquote, you know, tag teams, they mm-hmm. just throw guys together. But yeah, I, you know, but I don't know. I mean, does it, it's, it's, it's the junior tag. I mean, you know, it's, it's not the most vital part of the card anyway. So I don't, I don't think it's that big of a deal, but, um, but yeah. So do you want to run down the card or? Yeah. Well, no, I, I want to talk real quick about the tag titles okay. with, with guns and gals. Then we, then we can kind of go to the individual matches. That's the one that, in a lot, of, I mean, that is the one that I will. I just do not get in any way, and I get, I get from the standpoint that yes, the the booking of we want the bullet well, club to dominate. That's, that's exactly. Kind of well, you just you just answered your own question. I mean, then why did why did they have to? That, <laughs> I, mean, I don't understand now, why. Now you just nailed it on the head. Why Shibata and Goto had to why win the titles they, in the first exactly, place? Exactly because they, right, they that was Attitude Era stuff there that yeah, didn't make sense to because me. they beat them in the finals of the World Tag League. They could have just successfully defended at at, at, at Wrestle Kingdom if you were going to put the titles right back on them, unless they wanted to tell the story of bullet club, just because then, you know, then, then they don't face each other on this show. So maybe mm-hmm. the plan all along was for this show to just have bullet club domination on this show, which in this case, but, but again, I, I'm not, I'm not supporting that because I think it's, I don't think it's, it's, it's shitty, but it's, it, I don't like switching those titles back and forth that quick. Yeah, that's that, I don't I don't like. That. I don't and, mind and the, it with the junior titles uh, as much, but with those titles, I I don't like the quick switch, especially 
I especially don't like the quick switch. You know, I could almost live with it if it was Tenkoji or something. Right, right. But I, but not the team that had the titles for an entire freaking year. No, no, no. What I mean is I, I, I could live with it if it was like Tenkoji who won them and then lost them right back. But with Goto and, oh, yeah, okay. with Goto and Shibata, you had this nearly year-long build to them winning the titles. And then yeah, they becoming lose. friends again, becoming high school, you know, yeah. going back to their youth and, and all this stuff. It was a great story. It was told well, and it was fresh and exciting. And then, yeah, and it really felt like they were going to have a nice run from there and defend against some fresh teams, maybe Ibushi and Naito. But then, you know, they lose them right back. So that it bothered me more from that aspect of why with that team would you pull that move? Mm-hmm. And, and I really don't know where they go from here. And it looks like in Sendai... You know, they're in a six-man on the opposite side of Guns and Gallows again, so maybe they're just going to continue that. I mean, and you want to <laughs> but talk I mean, about that's another matchup. issue, too. I mean, people are talking about yeah. the – it's like that is far more – I mean, they've wrestled each other. That'll be like the fifth time if they wrestle again. On, on like major shows, too. Yeah. It's not even talking about like – I mean, this is like fifth in a yeah, row yeah. at every major show, you know, leading up. It's not like there was, this, you know, stuff in between. Like, this is it. This will be the yeah. fourth time in a row and the fifth or sixth time overall in the last year that those two teams will have faced each other. On, on major shows, which is which is a far a far bigger problem than than the junior situation with Red because Red Dragon freshened it up. So um, yeah, but I you know we know the reason they did now. The reason they did it was they they wanted to book this show as as you know a, a Bullet Club domination deal, which you know I, I'm not thrilled with it either. But you know what are you gonna do? I mean you know Bullet Club is now. You know, it's over in Japan. AJ Styles is very popular in Japan right now. Um, you know, all the talk over there is that his merchandise is the top selling merchandise right now. The women are into him. And, you know, the Bullet Club merchandise. You know, I, I saw right at ringside in Osaka tons of people wearing yeah, Bullet Club yeah. merchandise. I mean, way more than ever before. Uh, at least I noticed. And I wasn't looking out for it. It was just obvious. It, it, was, it was really obvious there were a ton of people there wearing Bullet Club merchandise. So, look. If you don't want to see Bullet Club push, stop buying the T-shirts. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you because you know, and and and, and again, I mean, you know, the 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 heavyweight tag titles are really it's that that was really the only surprising result. So yeah, the question and- now is, do they send Fale and Yujiro to go after the Intercontinental and never that will, <laughs> that will be overkill, and that that's where it'll drive. See, right now this doesn't really drive me nuts. I, I didn't – this doesn't really bother me. This doesn't offend me. I'm not turned off by the product based on what happened in Osaka. But if those two guys go after those two titles, uh, then it's overkill. And also those two guys aren't very good. So right. – I, I, and, and we've been there, done that. They both helped. Yeah, at least titles. all these guys are good. At least everybody that has a title now is, is, is pretty good. They're, they're at least, you know, salvageable or whatever. I, I mean, I mean, who, I mean, I'm looking forward to an AJ Styles title run. I, you know, I mean, this is guy, this is a guy who was arguably the best wrestler in the world last year. And he had a very disappointing, uh, first run with the title. And this is a chance uh, for him to really sink his teeth into a solid title run and do good things. I don't mind that. And I, I'm, you know, I'll watch the young bucks all fucking day long. I, mean, I don't mind watching the young bucks and, Guns and Gallows, they are what they are. But I'll tell you what, they've been having better matches now, at least. With they've gotten good. They, they've started to kind of click. And I, I mentioned it a few months ago that I, I started noticing a, a, a big difference, especially in Gallows, who's finally starting to kind of click a little bit and get it. But, yeah, it's, it, it's a big issue of fresh matchups now, I think, right now in New Japan. And, and that's been an issue. Uh, people have been bringing that up for a while now about, you know, 
you know, Dave, Dave's, Dave Meltzer is obviously, he's got this narrative that, you know, these guys are getting old and there's no, like, young stars. I don't think, I don't that really subscribe to that. That is such an overplayed and overrated narrative. I, 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 don't, I don't get there's it. Other, he's don't not think, the only one. I don't fucking yeah, I, get yeah. it. We've talked about it a million times. They have so many stars they can turn to. I mean, first of all, what other promotion has a three-headed monster on top the way they do? With Okada and Nakamura, their most popular guy, their their arguably their top draw is the guy that is is the is 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 the one out of the three that they push the least, which is Nakamura. Right. <laughs> yeah. And and you know they they could always just go to Nakamura at any time they wish. You still have Tanahashi. You obviously have Okada. What other promotion has a three headed monster on top like that? And then you have all these guys that you can flip the switch on. Anytime you feel like it. If they want to go all the way with Ishii, they can. If they want to flip the switch on Shibata, they can. If they want to flip the switch on Hanma, they could probably do that. If they, He's popular enough where you can probably pull that off, and people are calling yeah. for that. So you have that second layer of guys who they can flip the switch on at any time. Then you have these... These veteran guys who you can throw into a, a, a singular match title situation at any time, and they'll deliver a good match, and they'll be and, and they're credible. Guys like Kojima, guys like Nagata, guys like Makabe. You can always put those guys in a short-term program at the top, and it's credible. And 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 if you do it, if you limit it to once a year for those guys, um, you know it, it's fine. Then you have a guy who they severely underutilize to the point that he's not even in the company right now. That you could always uh, turn to, which is Minoru. Suzuki, who, who, who you can go to. And then when you look a little deeper, you know, they, they have plenty of guys who are either have yet to hit their prime or about to hit their prime or, or are still in the younger stages of their career. Your Kota Ibushis, your Kenny Omegas, who we'll talk about later because he fucking stinks right now. But he's a guy who, you know, they just saw. Well, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to Kota Ibushi, <laughs> you got Kenny Omega. You have a crop of young lions, which is maybe the best crop of young lions they've had since the late 80s the latest i mean it's so I, I don't get it when people talk about the lack of depth and they talk about uh this is this is one of the deeper rosters in recent memory these people are nuts who bring this up it's a, such an overrated overplayed narrative i mean th this this roster so deep and i didn't even mention naito i didn't even right, mention yeah. a guy like naito who you could who you could main who, event with who, if you really needed to. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, his it, it, their first attempt with him, you know, to really go all didn't work. But you know what? I think the fans are starting to take to him now. Alcada has a ton of fun with him. Yeah, they used to boo him because they didn't like him. Now it's kind of like this, uh, you know, tongue in cheek thing, where it's kind of like, and he plays to it, and he's been getting much better reaction. Oh man, they've done nothing with Naito. They've done nothing with Naito since the Ishii feud. Well, and th and that's I think that's my that's where I stand with this. Where yeah, I think that narrative about well they need to create new stars. There's none here or whatever. I don't believe that because I think there are a ton of guys that they're these guys are getting old and they need this next generation or whatever. I don't believe into that. The part that I worry about is you mentioned there's this guy and they don't do anything with him. There's this guy and they don't do anything with him. It it there's a lot of staleness sort of going on. Do you, do you, and that that's one of my kind of big issues right now. And it might be because we're sort of watching everything and we're watching all these matches and, and, you know, you and I, when we're covering it, we're covering everything like crazy. So to me, I get kind of bored by these matches for a while, but we, you just ran down a list of a bunch of guys that can be utilized well and aren't being utilized well. And that's sort of, that's got me a little worried. It, it's, we, we were at a point I thought in 2013 where, uh, and Okada's for, you know, title run is one that's, you know, he, he went against Makabe. He went against Suzuki. He had all these different matchups that were fun and exciting on the undercard. You had a few guys popping in and out. You had a Kota Bushi doing some good stuff. You had, you know, these sort of guys. Now I don't, I, it's, 
a lot of the cards, like we sort of know, I mean, you just mentioned right now that the Guns and Gallows and, and Shibata and, and Goto is probably going to happen again. Uh, Young Bucks, you know, we know that's going to happen again. We know it, it's, there's some sort of stagnation there. Where I just Repetitive don't... matchups have been a, have always been an issue in New Japan. Sure. That's, and, and I think anything new. I don't know why people no, are no, and I agree, this but... out now. No, absolutely, and it, but it, it's sort of it's a disappointing thing because, as you mentioned, you just ran down a talent roster that's incredible, and yet there's only so many guys that seem to be getting anything that's worthwhile. And there's a lot of guys just kind of spinning their wheels right now, and that's and they're having really good matches. And so that's that's not the problem. I mean, these guys are having great matches, but you know, you're running down a list of guys there that there's a bunch of dudes that could be inserted into. I don't know if it's tag matches, I don't know if it's never titles, I don't know if it's intercontinental titles, but there's some stagnation here where it's just like kind of the the same few people in the bullet club that seem to get featured and these other guys are just kind of lumped in wherever they they see necessary and well okay and and that's i don't know if that's a well all right let me ask you this yeah um who would you like to see get a hard push who hasn't i would like to see naito get get another i I, maybe naito towards the ic title would be fun i I think they're not i don't know if they're utilizing the ic what do you do at nakamura yeah, I, I again, I don't think Nakamura needs that title, though. I know there's a reason why he has that title, and see, there's, there's a big I, reason. See, yeah, I don't think Nakamura needs the IWGP heavyweight title, and I think that's why he... Agreed. I, he doesn't need it, because if... I don't think he needs any. I think he can just do whatever the hell he wants, and no one's going to care one way or another. But right. I, I get why he's... I, I get why he's never in the heavyweight title mix, because yeah, I, I really fine. think they believe he doesn't need that title, and he actually serves them more of a purpose as Intercontinental Champion, because it raises the level of that title. And, and, uh, you know, I, but I mean, Shibata's another one, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. He's one that, and, and he's perpetually that way where people sort of mention him. Goto is one that I think is really underutilized, you know, in, in today's. And, and again, he wasn't, but now that we're, if we're just going to be spinning our wheels with the Guns and Gallows, you know, Goto Shibata thing, that there's not much there for me. I think he has potential in, in, in some singles you matches have, well, or something. You have to but... remember, well, you have to remember with Goto, and I'm playing devil's advocate here. Yeah. No, I got you. What you have to remember with Goto is they flirted with pulling the trigger on him for like eight years. And right, he won like 10 G1s or was the finalist in like eight of them or whatever. Yeah. He never catches that fire with the fans where, yeah. look, he might just be your classic solid upper mid Carter. And that's, you know, he might be Razor Ramon. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and that's fine. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, but that, that might be what he is. And, you know, you know, Shibata is a guy. I think if if and we know the political issues at play there, and that that could be the reason they always dictate you with Shibata. But um, you know, that's a guy who I think if they really got behind him, he would catch fire. Yeah, there's no question about that one. Naito, I'm not. I'm like you. I'm not ready to give. I'm not ready time. to give up on him. Now, here's the thing. He's like 34. I mean, that's what I mean. I think here, it's, here's it's the thing. They let's, don't let's have. Do they don't have an old roster. Here's what they have. They have a roster. Of, of of you know what their roster is? They're either at the end of their prime or smack dab in their prime. Right, that's and you mentioned that a few weeks ago yeah. when we when we had this discussion the first time. Yeah, that that old is is not. That's I mean, not old right to me is forty five and forty yeah, or whatever. I don't think, think thirty three is old. Yeah, you know? an old roster is pushing Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair and Roddy Piper when they were forty eight years old. That that's an old. These are guys at the end of their prime, and and a lot of them right in their prime. So it's not like they have an old roster right now. Uh, in five years, they will have an they would have an old roster if they didn't do anything about it. In three years, they they'd have an old roster if they didn't do it. Right now, they don't have an old roster. They have a roster that's pretty much in its prime, and you know they have. And, and I think they do a good job of cycling the guys down the card when they do get old. 
Um, because like I said, you have that group of guys like Kojima and Goto and Nagata who they still get pushed. They're still upper mid-card guys. They're still respected guys, but it's clear that they're never going to be top guys anymore. Then you have the guys who are a little older than that, like your Nakanishis, who they pushed all the way to the prelims because they, they're, they, they're old and they can't go anymore. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the, I think the question is when Nakamura and Tanahashi and these guys, that the, the guys that are, you know, at the end of their prime right now, or at least, you know, physic, because of their physical state, they're at the end of their prime because Nakamura is like 34. You know what I mean? So, right, but, right. but he's, you know, reportedly in horrible physical shape. Who steps into their roles as the top guys? And it's like, clearly, Kota Ibushi is one of the guys they're positioning for that. And I don't think anybody with a brain in their head would think that he can't potentially fill one of those spots. He's clearly, I mean, the guy has already filled Sumo Hall in his career. So this is a guy who clearly can be a megastar. And this clearly seems to at least be on his way to getting there. But and and you know, Shabbat is another guy who could be. Naito is a guy who could be. Um, down the line, uh, th- that's the reason Kenny Omega's here. You still have AJ yeah. Styles. Again, AJ Styles, another guy you would say at the end of his prime. You know, at thirty-seven or thirty-eight or whatever he is, but not a guy who was old. I mean, not old now. It could be they could get old, but. And, and like I said, if you're really looking way down the line, I mean, these young lions look tremendous. So yeah. look, look, I'm not like there. This could be an issue in a couple of years if 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 they can't get that next crop of guys over. But I don't think it's an issue now. I I just I think it's an overplayed narrative. Uh, Agree. Now, uh, Kushida's one that I I, I also brought up. Yeah. Of a guy who's 31, who I'd like to see sort of break off into his own, whether it's junior heavyweight title or, or, or something, a guy that I think could add a nice, I mean, he's, he's kind of getting lost in those time splitters matches, which are fine. They're having great matches, but, but you look at a guy who's 31, who's, who's coming into his prime in a lot of ways and is, is really just kind of, kind of spinning his wheels in a lot of ways, you know, what, doing what he's basically been doing for the past few years. I mean, yeah, I, I think the old roster thing is stupid, but I do think there is something to the stagnation or whatever. And, and that's, I get it. It's fine. And, and it might take a little bit of time. I and mean, we have a guy like a Masquerade Dorado who's, who's starting to get into the junior heavyweight stuff. And I think a lot of it, it's going to be just this slow build or, or the slow influx of, of different guys or whatever. So I'm okay with it. I, I'm, I'm getting there, but I, I I get why people have a general fatigue look, with. Look, this isn't this isn't Noah at the end where it was Masawa and Kabashi on, sure, on, their, right, on exactly, their last right, right. legs, and they didn't put they didn't push Kenta and Marafuji when the timing was right to push those guys. It, it isn't like because these guys aren't on their last legs yet. This isn't. Yeah, there's nobody like breaking down the doors, and it's like they're obviously not pushing those guys. You know, right. we're, we're mentioning guys that would be cool to have, but it's not like Kotobushi is just screaming at you that like you have to push me, and they're refusing to. I mean, obviously they see what they have in I him, and they're, they're doing something with Kota them. But... perfectly. Oh, I agree. I agree. I mean, I you know, and and you know, we could talk about more of that when we get to his match, but I think I. I, I I wouldn't do anything different than they've done with Kota Ibushi so far. If if and if the goal is to make him a top star at some point, I think they've handled him perfectly. All right, let's break down the card here a little bit. We'll start with uh, the match I'm sure you anticipated the most on this one. I believe you get this a ten, right? In our one out of this 10? was my yeah. I mean, you know, and and Sho Tanaka Yohei Kamatsu. Realistically, yeah, it was the my probably my third <laughs> third most anticipated match on the show. That was really good. It was good. Yeah, I mean, they only got like five and a half minutes or something, but. You can tell watching these guys now when they wrestle each other that they're just dying to do something different. You know, it's it's they're they're beyond the point of crab holds and missile drop kicks now. And 
you know, just, you know, the finishes are always more and more complex. And, you know, this time, you know, they did a slap exchange and then, um, you know, Komatsu ended up, Tanaka had Komatsu in like a standing stretch muffler and then, uh, you know, dropped him down and then in one motion turned it into a crab hold, single leg. And uh, before Komatsu could reach the ropes, you know, he yanked him back to the center and 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 and, and hooked in the second leg, yeah. and then it was the quick tap, and that that was a cool finish. And there was a there was a different kind of intensity to this. I thought they you know they did some stiff forearms and slaps that you don't always see from these guys. And look, they just get it, and they're really good, and they really you know they have to figure out what they're doing with these guys. And you know they, they they've they've got two new young boys now. They've got Jay White and Cody Hall there. And, you know, they had some tryouts at the end of December uh, with some other guys who were supposedly starting soon. You know, either get these, get, you know, either do something with these guys if you're not going to send them away or send them away. And, and, and let's shit or get off the pot with these two. Right. Okay? Yeah. I mean, because these two cannot wrestle each other anymore. Been, I'm sure they're just like, I'm sure their ears are bleeding. I just like, oh, God. Like... 38th singles match against each other. <laughs> and they've been doing young boy duty since you know i was on alan's show and 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 he didn't even believe me because he made me look it up oh you got it down to 2012 yeah right? he made me look it up because i told him alan these guys have been doing young boy duty since november of 2012 <laughs> and he thought i was off they're by sick a, of carrying you yeah. <laughs> tanahashi to the back yeah and I, I had to look it up and it was november 2012 that they're sick of wearing warm-ups <laughs> i mean you know let's go i mean they're, they're clearly right they're they're better workers than a third of the roster yeah, uh, I was looking at the junior division uh, before we started here, and I uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, like you could easily insert these guys, and easily they'd be in the top half. Yes, I let's mean, figure out what they are. Are they juniors right. or are they heavyweights? That's number one. And then when we figure out what they are, let's figure out what we're going to do with them. How about making them a junior tag team? That would yeah, I agree. And that that and. Bingo. And that's uh, that's why I was said I was looking at the juniors because I was saying, OK, who can we have as a team? You know, who can we insert to this? Because we don't want to watch Bucks and Time Splitters 96 times. You know, I'll, I'll watch them a few more times, but I don't want to see them, you know. And I was thinking, hey, hell, put them as a team. That'd be awesome. Like what that I, I think that'd be a great team. Like they can still wear the young boy stuff and do all that. I think that's a really good. I mean, they need something they need. To, and, and the junior tag needs something or even if the junior division needs something. And, and even if they're separated in that way, I'm fine with that. But yeah, something with them would just be fun to see. Because yeah, I don't. They're. they're it's just it, this can't happen anymore. I mean, they're, for they're God's sake. Ready. Like, okay. Yeah, it's, it's it's just we're not doing. It. They're not learning anything right I now mean, anymore. In, in terms of they've exhausted everything. In terms of showing fire. In terms of intensity. Um, you know, there's things that these guys do at, at a very high. That these two are doing at a very high level. I mean, they're, they're legitimately better. Let's look at the guys on the roster. I mean, they're are they better than Yoshihashi? Yeah, I think so. Are they better than... I'm not a Yoshihashi fan, to be are fair. Are they better than yeah, Nakanishi? No. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Are they better than um, Fale? Oh, yeah. Are they better workers than uh, Captain New Japan? Yeah. That's a tricky That's one. That's tough to say. That's, That's a tricky one because because Captain his, his role is so he's so much. good at I what mean, he does that it's yeah his role not fair, is, is but yeah he I wouldn't count him as like I don't like lumping him as like the overall worker because he's just got a different sort of okay are they better than uh, Taichi I think so are they better Usually. than Tamatanga yes oh god yes I don't that one oh I like Tamatanga a lot I I yeah, just don't well. think he gets opportunities. 
but okay. but um, <laughs> but do I think that they're better workers? I, I, if you put a gun to my yes, I think they're better workers than Tomatanga. Until Tom, I'll let, I'll, that's the first one where I've I've had to briefly think until Tomatanga but... can prove otherwise. I, I I would have to say I, because they've shown it and he hasn't. I mean, you know, yeah. so um, let's think. Who else is kind of bottom feeding on the roster? Um, do you think that they're better workers than a forty-five-year-old Taka Mishinoku? Yes, I don't. That Although Taka is good at his that one, at what I'll he say does, no. but that one I'll say no. Yeah, I, I I like him a little bit. I Taka is very good at what he does, though. But yeah, I mean that that would be one where I'd I'd think, but I'd say are yeah, they better workers they're... at this stage in Jado? I mean I, that's the easiest yes on the entire. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. I was not Gato. Jado. Yeah. No, Gato's awesome. Yeah. Jado. Oh God. Yeah. I don't yeah. think they're better than Gato, but Jado is, is. Oh is, God. Yeah. He's gained yeah. weight. He doesn't try anymore. So I mean, you know. What about a Udro? Where would you put Udro in there? Now, I'm not. Because I don't mind Udro. I'm not. An, I'm not it. as anti Udro as a lot of people are. Um, but okay, think about it this way. And would you rather watch ten Udro matches or ten Yohei Komatsu matches? Exactly. I mean, you're gonna pick Komatsu. The answer is very easy for me. Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know about like, you. I, I don't know about other they're people. They're probably but... better than Udro. I mean, Udro is very sloppy. He's very dangerous. Um, and again, I don't even think there's a lot of people who, just, who think he's a lot worse than I do. And yeah, I think he's okay. And I'm saying this. Not Tiger Mask. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd say yeah. He's not very good. No, Tiger Mask's not very good. And then you got guys like Azuka. I mean, dear God, yes. Uh, Yano, who I don't think is much. I'd say yeah. I mean, we're the, we're we're getting pretty high. I mean, we're this is what I'm saying. I think that they're legitimately better workers than the bottom than a yeah. large portion of the bottom Agreed. third of the roster. I mean, we're, we went through. What do we go through there? About ten or twelve people. Now we're gonna start getting weird. Now we're getting into like the the, the Kojimas of the world, and, and no, they're obviously not there. there. Yeah, but but everybody. I mean, we've gotten up to that point. I mean, are we at the Shelton Benjamin level of you know? Yeah, like, I don't. And and you know that's you know and and these are the ones that get tricky because look, guys like Yano. Um, Captain New Japan, Azuka. The fact is, they're kind of they're gimmicky, and what they do, they do what they do very well. I mean, Yano's very good at what he does. Um, you know, Yano's I, look. Yano's a better worker than those guys because you know he's he's very good at his role, and 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 he could do other things if he asked him to. I mean, he's a guy who was an amateur. I mean, he's just he does a gimmick. So those guys are harder to gauge. But I think you can make fair comparisons to the Yoshihashis and the Tiger Masks mm-hmm. and the guys like that. And I think these guys are better than those guys already. And, and the point being, whether you agree with some of these or not, for the listener, the point is they're better than a decent chunk of them for sure. And, and it, it, it's time to do something with these guys. So, um, you know, they, they, they got to, you know, so. And I mean, you know, it, it, and, and that would solve some of these problems that you were talking about earlier in this show. You know, whether you – the first thing's first, though. Are they juniors? Are they heavyweights? And are they going yeah. on an excursion? Let's figure this out, and let's just do it, and, 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 and let's move on these guys. All right, second match, we had Tiger Mask and Masquerade Dorada defeating uh, Nakanishi and Captain New Japan. A little over five minutes on this one. This was – it was fine. It was whatever. It was not good, but no, I mean, what did you – it's five minutes. What do you expect? It, I mean, with those guys – They're going to have a junior team against a heavyweight team. They're going to book it like this where – um, it's like, look, Nakanishi's not going to sell for juniors. It doesn't matter how old he is. It doesn't matter how shitty you think he is. Guy's a former IWGP champion. 
this is not how they do things in New Japan. This is really not how they do things in Japan, period. He's not going to sell for juniors. So he threw yeah. them around early, and you know they had to do the gimmick where they chopped him down, and they, they cut out his knee, and then got him out of the ring. Now, Captain New Japan is low enough on the totem pole where he'll kind of sell for the juniors. But even he is not – you know what I mean? They'll, <laughs> He's a little cautious about it. Yeah, yeah, they'll get the cover on him. But if you know, it was like a, you know, you know, Dorada had to like reverse a cradle. Yeah, it wasn't easy. And they sold it like it was a big surprise. And the commentators were yelling, Junior, 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 after he won the match because it's a big fucking deal when two juniors beat two heavyweights. Like you could have a junior and a heavyweight beat a junior and a heavyweight. You know what I mean? But two junior, a junior tag team beating a, a heavyweight tag team, even though it's Nakanishi and Captain New Japan. And you don't get much lower on the totem pole than those two guys right now. It was still put over as a big surprise. And I thought that it was very well done uh, in the way that they did it. Like even Dorada yeah. acted surprised. Like he was holding up the three fingers to the ref. Like did I really <laughs> did I really get the cover? Yeah. You know? And and it played into the idea of, okay, Dorada just beat a heavyweight team. So that gives him credibility as a junior yeah. heavyweight challenger. So Which we saw later, which would play up a little bit later and we'll talk about yeah, that they, 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 the match accomplished that and also accomplished the idea of you know you know nakanishi being too powerful for these guys and yeah and you know and, and it was kept at the length that it needed to be kept at all right so we moved on now to the nwa representatives we had rob conway and chase owens defeating uh tenzan and jushin thunder liger yeah and this this is exactly the way i thought it would play out with owens beating liger to set up their mm -hmm. title match in sendai you didn't really need Tenzon to beat Conway again because Tenzon beat Conway, you know, twice on the World Tag League Tour, including getting the win with the Anaconda Vice on the World Tag League final pay-per-view, which set up his title match. They already set up his title match. They already had him get his tag win over Conway. So I figured Owens would get the pin here. And he, I liked Owens a lot in this match. What did you think? I thought he was really good. I here. thought he's looked really good since he was clear. He was clearly nervous in his first New Japan match. He's looked much better in the second two. This was the this you know. I, I knew Chase Owens could go because I've seen him locally and I've, I've seen his indie stuff, uh, you know, plenty of time. He, Chase Owens is the guy that like indie promotions book when you can't afford AJ Styles. You know what I mean? You book Chase Owens. And, and you know, he's a guy who does a lot of work for a lot of the NWA promotions. And he, he's, he's a good wrestler. He's a solid wrestler. And he, I think he's shown it in the last two matches. And I think he, he's going to have a good match. I think he's going to have another good match with Liger and Sendai. So and then, you know, this match, sir, we, this match is exactly what you thought it was going to be. Yeah. Every NWA match is exactly what you think it's going to be. It's the it's the Rob Conway two star special. And that's exactly which. Dave gave it two stars. Which, yeah, I, what did you did you go I two, think stars I gave it two stars too? It's, it's perfect, the yeah. Rob Conway two star special. He, he he gets in there. He's he's the quintessential professional pro. Uh, prof he's not never going to blow you away. He's a he's he he's just he's he's a pro. He, he he's a he's just he's like I don't want to. He's every eighties wrestler. I don't want to call him generic. Yeah. I I I because what I'm trying to say isn't a negative thing. He's just. What's the word I'm looking for? Without it, it, it's not a negative <laughs> description I'm looking for. Yeah, generics, generics hard because, but I think that's a good one. I, I just like a template of a 
He's the template of like an average pro wrestler, a guy who <laughs> right, can go like, in there and do a. Com- he's a competent pro wrestler. How's that? Yeah, he's like he's the he's the template of a competent he's pro wrestler. He's the template wrestler, of a competent pro wrestler. Like he's gonna show up every time you tell him to. He's gonna come in. He's not gonna blow anything. He's just gonna be fine. He's gonna fill up the card and he does a good job. You know, he he looks good doing it. And that's, that's it. it. He's a comp- competence is the word I was looking for. He's a competent pro wrestler, and these NWA matches are always competent matches that accomplish what they seek out to accomplish. And that's what this was. And he's gonna have a comp- Competent pro wrestling match with Tenzon and Sendai. He's going to have a two-star match with Tenzon. You can mark it down. You're going to get another Rob Conway two-star special because the matches are never terrible. But the, you know, but at the same time, Rob Conway at this stage of his career is not going to go out there and give you a four-star match. No. Especially no. where he's slotted on these shows too as the third or fourth match. It's not going to Yeah, happen. getting seven minutes or whatever. Yeah, yeah he's I a mean, guy who peaked in OVW when he was like – he was one of those workhorses in develop. Him and Nick Dinsmore were the workhorses of developmental in you know circa 2002 or whatever it was, and that's when he peaked in the ring. And and now he's you know a competent professional wrestler. All right, so we had Kota Ibushi defeating Hanma, of course, in a, a really awesome match. I mean, Dave gave it three and a um, three and three quarters. I would probably go four. I really, really love this. I thought Hanma, you know, I mean, we, it doesn't have to be said about Hanma. He's just, when, when you're in a match with Kota Ibushi, who I, who I love, I think Kota Ibushi is great. And when you're still the best worker in that match, I mean, that's Hanma. I mean, that, that just unbelievable what he can do and how the crowd just lives and dies by every single thing he does and every single near fall and everything. Just, just waiting for that one time. And I hope that one time just never comes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's so much better. This is what that I've it been doesn't. saying. It's almost better that it doesn't come. If he trades win with people, because I was talking with people and then we'll get into this discussion because I don't know if you saw this argument that I got into yesterday or whatever about Hanma, but I'm, I'm of the mindset that if he goes and becomes just another guy who trades wins and, and, and maybe you could say I could, you know, people had the argument about the G1 or whatever, if he got one win in the G1, whatever, but you cannot have him win multiple times, I think, and, and have him trade wins and, you know, him and him and this guy, you know, they, they're, they're in a series of five and he wins two or whatever. I mean, like then he's just a normal guy. It's this way. It's like, everybody wants to be there for that moment when it finally happens. I can't, but if it never happens, like there's still like, I can't believe you. What? This is what I've been saying for years. And people come at me and you never back me up. You never back me up. This is what I've been saying for years. If you push Hanma and you treat him like everybody else in the roster. I wanted wanted one of the G1 wins. I will admit that that last night I would have enjoyed, but it's okay. You nailed it on the head. He loses all of his charm if he's just another guy. the, The whole charm behind this guy is that he never fucking wins. Why would you fuck with that? I, you know, I really, look, I believe he should get one big win. I believe it should be in Cork and Hall. I believe it should be over, um, you know, some fucking prick heel, uh, and it should be carefully done. And, and and I do believe that. And I believe they that the fans deserve that one enormous pop and that moment. But I completely agree with what you're saying. If you then push him from that point. He then loses everything that's special about him. Yeah, I don't want to push. I never want to push. I don't want a title. I don't want any of that. You can even do – look, you can even give him – you can make that big win a never title win if you want. I'll even give you that. But he needs to lose it in the next fucking match. And he has to go back to what – because otherwise he loses his charm. It's like you Mm -hmm. said. He can't have your typical New Japan three-match series with somebody and trade wins. Because the whole essence of why he's great is then out the window. 
the whole essence of why he's great is that he's a moron who goes for headbutts way too soon in his match. <laughs> the whole essence of why he's great. This one was great. I think he went for one in like 15 seconds here. Yeah. Just like a... The whole essence of his character is that he's not going to win. The whole essence of his character and the whole and the whole and the reason he's such a great worker is there is a point in nearly every single Hanma match where you think the motherfucker is going to win. Even though you coming into the match, you give him a 0% chance of winning. There's a point in every Hanma match where he makes you believe. And that's why he's such a great pro wrestler. And, and I would hate to destroy that by giving this guy a sustained yeah. push. And I'm mad at you because I always say that and, <laughs> and everyone always argues with, and you never back me up. But now here you are changing your fucking tune over here, and now you're on Team Lanza. Well, you know what? <laughs> it's about time you're on Team Lanza because well, welcome. I am right about many it's things. It's pretty nice in here. It's pretty nice in here. I like this. And it's cozy. Yeah, and I'm sick and tired of people not listening to me because I'm always right about <laughs> these things, and no one ever li- – and you, you need to start backing me up. Okay. I promise from here on out I will just be a, a faceless <laughs> – well, no, I'm saying you you could have been backing me up this whole time. I'm out here on my island. Everyone's going, no, Hama needs to win. I'm the only one saying, no, Hama needs to keep. I don't losing. know if I'm. I think you're putting me in a bad. I don't. I said he should have won one of the G1s, but yeah, I've you're, always you're, sort of no, said you, that. No, 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 don't you sugarcoat it. You're. I've never been. You're one, one of these. You win a title or anything. Yeah, that's like that. fair. I, that's fair. But you are one of these goofs who said he should have beaten. Who said he should have defeated Shelton Benjamin? Which, what the fuck would have been the point? I mean, in hindsight, can you give me that one and agree that that was be- that that was wrong? Can you at least give me um, that one? Shelton fucking Benjamin on the last night of the G one when nobody gives a shit. Seriously, that should have been his big win. Shelton Benjamin, you're gonna blow it on Shelton Benjamin. <laughs> You'll come around. What about Shibata? You'll come around. What about the Shibata win? You'll come around. What would that have done for you? Shibata, that'd be worth it. Shelton Benjamin, okay. though, give me a fucking break. Okay, I'll get you. I'll give you that. Okay. Give me a break, Shelton Benjamin. People are off the reservation with that. I, I can listen to the Shibata argument. I can't listen to Sean. Okay. All right. That's fair. We'll, we'll do that then. So we'll, we'll talk about that on, on another uh, another day. But uh, so I got into a little bit of heat uh, talking about this match or previewing it. Uh, we did the preview for voiceofwrestling.com. And I called Hanmo, who hasn't had a singles win since 2009 against Tichi. It was uh, or Taichi, uh, a non a non young boy. He's beaten a few young boys here and there. He's beaten a few guys by DQ, but televised television or pay-per-view singles when it was Taichi and I think like June of 2009 or whatever. So I called him the greatest jobber ever. And people went crazy at me for calling him a jobber. Well, he's a jobber. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> you're, you're on team Krach. I like this. I mean, we can move into the same area. Cause yeah, and I was saying, I was saying, look guys, I, I qualified by saying he's the greatest jobber, ever, which means know, okay. he's so fucking good at doing it. And then I was saying, well, no, literally and people were saying, well, jobber to me is like the Mulkies or whatever. And I'm like, no, well, jobber, no matter what you think, is guy who loses a job is losing a match, and jobber is a guy who loses all of his he, matches. The guy never fucking never wins, wins ever. If you want to be technical about it, he's a jobber to the stars. He's that next. He's that. But he's still a jobber. Like that. Okay. Like people were going nuts right, about he's, it. Okay, he's not the Mulkies, and he's not uh, pre uh, skip upset Barry Horowitz. Yeah, he's, but nobody called those the greatest jobbers but ever. You know what he, but he's, he's, yeah. he's Coco Beware. He's right. he's he's a jobber to the stars. He's um, uh, try to think of someone uh, more recent vintage. See, you don't really because well, I brought. I brought you know what he is? He's 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 you know what he is? He's Zack Ryder. Yeah, he's a jobber to the stars. He's Zack. He did. That's exactly what he is. He's Zack Ryder. Well, because I mentioned to people, I said, okay, fine. Then if we can't call him a jobber, what do we call him? And what what? How do we quantify or how do we sort of categorize or categorize uh, 
a high work rate, really good over with the crowd guy who loses all the time. And, and people kind of gave me, oh, talent enhancement or like th- these different things. And I was like, that's just the same thing. I mean, the guy never, he's a, ever he's a wins. And, and people were bringing up, people were bringing up like Dolph Ziggler. And I, I brought up that, no, Dolph Ziggler won like 40% of his matches last no, year. Like, Hama does Dol- not win. Dolph like, Ziggler people. is not a jobber and he's not a jobber to the stars. He's a mid carter. Right. Dolph Ziggler is a mid carter. I know, I know. It's a bad, it's a, it's a dirty word to some, but that's what he is. Well, no, he can be the you best. Can be, you can like, hold on a second, though. You can be a really good jobber. Exactly. That's what I meant. I was like, that's not a. To me, it's not derogatory to be a bad. I love jobbers. I think that uh, that they're an important part of every card. I think the, the current wrestling is, is in a lot of ways not as good as it could be because there aren't those guys that are so good at it. I mean, you you talk about eighties, seventies, and you know, not whatever. Those guys, the guys who really embraced being a jobber and being a good one. I mean, some of our best memories of watching TV and wrestling are watching jobbers, you can, right? You can like, be you can be a tremendous worker and be a jobber. Yeah. Look, you know, I I give you look, Heath Slater's a jobber. Yeah. And he's a great right. worker. The guy's great at being a jobber. And he's a you know like Hanma is like a different kind of jobber because they because like they they they, he, they tease that he's going to win all the time. You never get a tease from Zack Ryder, and that's or, and that's one of the things that people said too is that it's not like an inevitability that when he comes out he's going to lose, yes, it but is. it kind of is though. I mean, that's like, like I said, like no, they're they're he's so good at it that the crowd invests in exactly. it. But it's still an inevitability. I mean, it's been an inevitability for six years now. It's probably going to be an inevitability for a, for a long time. He's just like, great it's, at what he does, which is why you yeah, get behind him. That's exactly, that's and that's why. what I was saying. He doesn't need a different term for him. He just needs to be known as Hanma, who's really fucking good at being a jobber. Like it, that's fine. Like it's okay. It doesn't mean he's any less because he's but so you, you good at is, it. You call him a jobber. It doesn't take away your enjoyment of the match not. because I called him a jobber. Um, like it's still awesome. Yeah, because there's been great, just plenty of great job. And you know he's gonna lose. It's, Who cares? It's, yeah. It's, yeah, Horowitz is great. Horowitz was a great jobber. You know, but what they're thinking of, it, you see. When you're calling a jobber, they immediately think they're thinking SD Jones. Not, not even the they're, they're thinking of guys that, that 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 lose the ascension. And it's like, oh, just like the faceless no name. Those guys yeah. are jobbers, and it's like that's why I say he's more like a jobber to the stars. You know what I mean? He's not, I guess, technically, but it's all the see. Look, he never he, he's 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 Heath Slater is what he is. He's 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 in the same place in the pecking order as Heath Slater is, and his guy he, he essentially has the same role. I mean, he puts over guys and makes them look like a million bucks, right? I mean, that's what he does. Isn't that what? Isn't that a job? Or, isn't yeah. that his job? Right. That's Heath Slater's job. That's this guy's job. That's okay. a valuable role to have. Exactly, and that's that's what I was trying to tell. Is that like don't don't think of it as a negative. Like in today's wrestling, we sort of I think you, you brought up good. Yeah, it's not like the guys, the local guys, getting fed to Ryback or whatever. Like a real true to me. And those guys are jobbers too, but I think a real true jobber is like the ones we talked about. You have guys, you know, the, the Horowitzes, a, a guy like Brooklyn Brawler who wasn't great, but was was good at sort of <laughs> in those moments, you know, looking, you know, I mean, making the other guy look good. I mean, that's that's the thing. Not the guys that just come out there in 30 seconds, get, you know, speared and, and chucked around or whatever, but the guys that can have a, uh, I mean, it might only last two minutes, but at least in those two minutes, it's like, okay, the, you know, something's happening here, something's happening. Okay, he lost. Like, I think that's, that's people don't have that. Idea and people don't think of that anymore when they think of jobbers. They think of just these guys were just and, and you need to go back and watch because these guys are not faceless, no name, nothings. Like they're guys and they have some personality. They just happen to lose all the damn time. You have you knew who Barry Horowitz was. I mean, in 1992, he was a higher profile. He came out. Yeah, Barry Hor- he had all those high profile guys during the towards the end of the syndication era, like Barry Horowitz, the Brooklyn Brawler, Reno Riggins, guys like that. Uh, yeah, I tell you one in WCW, Rip Rogers was a tremendous jobber. Yeah, I mean, if, yeah. if anyone who remembers Rip Rogers, uh, you know, in his television work, um, you know, predominantly for WCW, 
a tremendous television jobber, Rip Rod. Great worker. Great worker, Rip Rogers, and a great jobber. Look, you have levels. You got your 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 straight up jobbers. Then you've got your jobbers to the stars, which are the guys we were talking about. Because if you have a semblance of a push, technically you're a jobber to the stars. So you know, if you know, I guess Hanma would be a jobber to. So would so would Heath Slater too. Uh, all these guys, because WWE doesn't really use a straight up jobbers anymore. Then you have your mid carders. Then you have your upper mid carders, and then you have your main eventers. You have your five levels. You know, and if you really want to split hairs from there, you know, maybe you can say you have lower mid carders who are guys who are maybe a step above your your jobber to the star types. But you know, now you're just splitting hairs. But essentially, yeah. you have those five levels of uh, of guy. And and Hanma, I would classify him if you're using that five level scale. He's a jobber to the stars. That's what he. Yeah, is. And, and a guy that I remember growing up, you know, watching a lot of WCW Saturday Night, and I was kind of the later WCW Saturday Night was Chris Adams, who every single night. Every time I'd watch, I mean, the guy never Another won on WWE Saturday Night, but was great. It was so good at whoever the hell he was facing. Yeah, ma- it didn't matter. Eventer, he made him look like a million world, bucks in five minutes. Yeah, main eventer in world class, great worker, jobber to the stars in WCW. Yeah. And a very and valuable did great. role. was so good at what about, yeah, you know, Chris the, One of the highlights of Saturday Night. Chris Canyon from that same era. Yeah. Um, we can go on and on. I mean, you know, there's a million of them. Let's, let's just let, let's spend the rest of this. The Gambler. <laughs> I, I, the Gambler was another Who one, yeah. forget The Gambler. I mean, Gambler you know, was great. You know, more more for the gimmick, but again, you know, tr- tremendous jobber to the stars type. You know, it's, it's a lot of guys like that. You know, uh, your boy Dusty Wolf. I know you're a big fan of yeah, Dusty slash Dale Wolf. If you want, yeah, you know, Tom Stone was a guy when I was a kid uh, who you know he would always get pushed a little harder in the AWA, but in WWF he was just a straight up television jobber. You know, so yeah, yeah there's. There's a million of them. The Armstrongs. The Armstrongs are really good in WCW. Brad, in particular. Yeah, you know, Brad would come up at Nitro every so often and and just get destroyed and walk away, and it was fine. It was good. And then, yeah. and, and occasionally they would give Brad like a mid card push. They give him yeah, a light heavyweight right. title or you know the, you know or whatever. Yeah, he had one. I remember he was he was playing up the Armstrong curse or something like that. <laughs> wearing shirts and and jackets or whatever. And yeah, he always had his matches, and there was always I don't even know if he won any of those ones that I'm talking about, but it it he was a, a great example. They talked about him, they pushed him, and he he would get really really close, and then he'd lose, and it was like oh, all right, well I mean it was Brad Armstrong, yeah, so the occasional mid card push, and then he'd slide That's back fine. down to the jack, that jobber <laughs> to the stars role. We don't need to come up with a different word for him. He was just a really good jobber. Like that's fine. Yeah, so that's what okay, I'm glad. I'm glad you're on my team with he's that. He's just so he's just fine. like as good as you can possibly be for a jobber, which is why. Yeah, I said the greatest jobber ever. <laughs> like that's fine. You know who was really you know who was really awesome at that um, in the middle to late part of the last decade on the B shows uh, in WWE, Stevie Richards. I heard that. Yeah, I, I watched a little bit of it. I haven't watched enough of. I I, I really that's one of my biggest you know, regrets is that in the mid two thousands, when I started kind of distancing uh, myself a little bit, I stopped watching a lot of the, the stuff stuff. Cause when I was a younger kid, I'd watch freaking everything, even on, but then I stopped uh, watching. Well, well, even on WWE CW, when, you know, like when CM Punk came up, he had a bunch of really cool five to six minute TV matches with Stevie Richards and just incredible. Both of those guys, yeah. they made punk look great. I, in fact, I think punk's debut was against just incredible and Hammerstein. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. I believe that is that right. Was, yeah, th- that was his debut. Was against Credible, and uh, you know, then he had a bunch of TV matches against. Stevie I need, Richards. I need Velocity on the network. Can you get them to put Velocity on the network? I didn't watch I'm enough Velocity. You, man. I, Velocity was great, you know, because you had your jobber to the stars types, and then you had they bring in the big name indie guys 
Yeah, Roderick Strong getting his shit kicked in. Well, he wasn't even a big name at that point. He was nothing. He was like, still coming up. Yeah, that was like 2003. Yeah, your Daniel Sins or whatever. Well, Danny Sins was still a little baby at that point, too. I mean, I guess he had sort of started to and show some And a lot of them used their indie names. It's like they didn't even bother giving him a, you know, AJ Styles, uh, Samoa Joe, uh, you know, Brian Danielson. Of course, everyone knows about that match with Cena by now. Roderick Strong, low-key, did a bunch of stuff on Velocity. Yeah. Um, you know, all those guys, you know, in the early days of ROH and the early days of, you know, the indie wrestling renaissance, they all worked in a jobber role uh, on the WWEC shows. So, yeah, I think people just they need to get the negative stigma off of that word. It's a very valuable role and it's not it, it's something that isn't, very, you know, there's a skill to that role. There's a mm-hmm. definite skill to that role. And when someone's really good at it, that's a very valuable role to have. So, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I don't have a problem calling him a jobber at all. All right. Well, that was 40 minutes well spent. Uh, the Young Bucks uh, regained the IWGP tag titles over Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, obviously Red Dragon, and the time splitters Alex Shelley and Kushida. A little over 13 minutes for this one. Uh, Dave Meltzer really liked it. He gave it three and a half. I gave it I, four and a quarter. Did you really? I thought it was the best match on the show. Really? Mm-hmm. I thought it was the best match of the You thought it was better than Ibushi and Thunder? I thought it was the best match of the day. How about that? Did we have a different... And you watched it on New Japan World, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was better than anything on NXT. Well, explain. I, I okay. It's a great All match. Right. I thought, I thought eliminating huh. the hooligans from the match, uh, you know, allowed them to work it at a slower pace, a more deliberate pace. Everything had a chance to sink in. It was very crisp. The match at Wrestle Kingdom was. Sloppy. I'll give you that. Yeah. This wasn't sloppy at all. Uh, there was just tremendous spots. Great action. Uh, good drama. This match had it all. Four and a quarter stars. Best match in the show. Best match of the day. I loved it. Huh. I love okay. this match. All right. I, I didn't mind it. I just thought it was kind of there. I, I didn't. Yeah, that's I, okay. <laughs> this was all three of these teams at their best, I thought. Now, I'd rather see these teams split off and have matches just against each other. I, I'm tired of the three ways and the four ways. Yeah, and it might have been fatigue from that, maybe, that that let me yeah I, I don't know i i didn't think anybody really stood out in any one way and that that could be a, an issue with that i thought the bucks were, were pretty good here um i didn't see i, I don't know if red dragon really in, and i, I love them but i, I thought I didn't bobby know fish for i thought bobby fish was the glue that held that match together i thought fish was good i don't know if I, o'reilly did much that really impressed me and and i really really like him but yeah i don't know i I just didn't get that same vibe from it. It was over, and I just kind of like shrugged my shoulder and was like, "All right, I mean, that was okay. It was, it was what I kind of assumed." Yeah, all right. Well, I'm, I'm. I don't think I'll admit I, I'm no, wrong. Then I don't know. What, I don't think it's a, what did other people I say? Think it's did, a ma- people... I don't think it's a match of the year contender, but I mean, I, you know, I thought it was a great match. What's the temperature on that match? I haven't really seen what other people. I mean, people aren't that far off. I mean, three and a half solid rating from Dave. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I haven't really read a ton. Of- I thought he was on the high side. I thought it was more of a like, kind of a. You gotta remember, like I watched all these shows late. So I wasn't tuned in because I, I was avoiding spoilers all day. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what anybody else thought of either of these. Shows. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. So okay. I, I don't know. All I know is I thought it was the best match on the show. Wait, look, here's the bottom line. I, you know, I, I think sometimes. Uh, look, if someone doesn't think it was the best match in the show, I don't have a problem with that either, because I, you know, I gave the. I gave the Ibushi Hanma match and the main event four. So, I mean, I'm not going to quibble over a quarter star with anybody. I mean, no, let's, let's quibble for the next 40 minutes about it. But I mean, is it a plus minus? Was it, was it four and a quarter plus minus or was it a a push? The bottom line is when the match was over. (laughs) No sell. Yeah, absolutely. Not be a good job. You would not be a very good job. The bottom line is when the match was over. Okay. It had crisp work. It it was, the pacing was perfect. And I really enjoyed myself 
and I had a yeah. lot of fun yeah. watching it. So I gave hey. it four and a quarter stars. Fuck yeah. Because right? I, I watch wrestling to enjoy wrestling, Rich. Goddamn, and I enjoyed Goddamn that right. match. Yeah. Okay? okay, that's fine. I had a lot hey. of fun watching it. And it felt – and look, there's no science to this. When the, no, when not the at ma- all. match is over, a number pops in my head. I, and I, I, get a, hey. I get a feeling, Rich. And when I was done watching this match, <laughs> it felt like a four and a quarter star match. There you go. Then give it a four that's and a quarter. That's what I wrote. That's okay, what I wrote okay. down, okay? That's what I entered into my little computer, and that's what I'm sticking with, okay? Four and a quarter. All right. And, when I, and, and on this show, when all these matches were over, that was the one I enjoyed the most. There you go. So that's fine. I'm then. not backing down, pal. I, n- I never said. I don't want you to. I want you to stick to your guns there. Uh, a match that I do not believe you gave four and a quarter, Kenny Omega retaining the IWGP junior title over Taguchi. Uh, uh, yeah, if I never see these guys ever again, I, I, don't, know I, okay. I don't know who read the review. I almost gave this a dud because there was nothing. I I had so much trouble. I I, I considered skipping it. I was I was halfway through and I knew it was going to go about twelve or thirteen. I was six minutes in and I was going, "Do I need to watch the rest of this? Do I really?" I blame you because they lost me halfway through after the flagpole sodomy, after they stuck flagpoles up each other's asses. And that's not a lie, people, by the uh, way. No, they stuck flag. They stuck they're, they're the flag that each other <laughs> after the, the endless failed comedy attempt. Look, here's the thing, too. This isn't just, look, I haven't, everyone hated this. Pretty much everybody hated this match. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, though. This Kenny Omega shit is not over with the crowds either. No, they don't care. It's, it's crickets. And that's why I tuned out, too, because it was just like, uh, the there's nothing going on. And yeah. they were too polite to boo. It's basically what it comes down to. So they were quiet. They didn't react to any of it. I mean, they did stuff that was supposed to be comedy. They did stuff that was designed, you know, to get a negative reaction. And the crowd just checked out. And I checked out. And mentally, I was out of this thing. And then the final three or four minutes were really solid work. And all I could think from that point was, why the fuck doesn't Kenny Omega just work like this for the entire Yeah, why do we waste the first ten minutes being, you know, a goofy anime character? Why don't we just – (laughs) cartoon shit isn't working. And this is why I was skeptical of the cleaner. And again, I took a lot of shit for that. And you better back me up now on this one, okay? I was never. I was hey, right listen, again. I was always. I, I was right with you on that All one. All right, good. So you know that. You know that. I was right away on kind of like, eh. Was, I, Once he did that I, promo and I was just like, no, I don't I like this. I was very <laughs> skeptical and I wasn't sure how I felt about it, but I was fair and I gave it a chance. And, you know, I, you know this is now two major singles matches. And, you know, he's worked an entire tour now as well. And this shit just isn't working. He needs to cut down. Now, this character could work, but it has to be less cartoonish. If he was just – he doesn't even have to turn it off all the way because he still has to be him. Do you understand what I mean when I say that? And there's always a certain goofiness to a Kenny Omega match, even in the Kenny Omega matches that I love. But when he crosses that line, it becomes cringy. Okay, that chainsaw shit is never going to get over in New Japan. It has to stop. Don't do it anymore. I hope when he got to the back, and this is something else too, I I believe, I don't know if I said this here on Alan's show, okay? You need Minoru Suzuki to take this guy in a room, shut the door behind him, and scare the shit out of him. And they look, this is not how it works around here, okay? This, This isn't DDT. This isn't PWG. Enough of your fucking chainsaws. Enough of your cartoon bullshit. It didn't work. It, it's that Kenny Omega that I hated in Ring of Honor yes. when he came. And it was like he was trying to he was like doing sound effects while he was wrestling. And I was like, dude, don't like it's fine. Like, just wrestle. You're so you're good. And I know you're good. But it, it, we're right back. I mean, we're back to that point when Kenny Omega was 
a, a bathroom break at Ring of Honor shows when I was there. And then he he finally got it together. He comes here, and now he's right back to being a cartoon character. Be a, but just be a Bullet Club asshole like the rest of them. Why can't he just be a Bullet Club dickhead like the rest of them? Because I don't know if he's got it in him. I think that's one of the problems, too. Is that it, it, it's, it's a very WWE thing that's going right now where, where I think at some point they wanted him, or maybe in his mind he thinks it's a fun character to be, but it's so not him, and it's so obvious it's not him. The pro- no, the problem is I think it is him. I, I think, don't think I it think is. this is him, like in real life. No, I don't. I think he, Rich, the I guy's a, a dork. He's a I think video he's, game nerd. He's an anime no, nerd. No, I think him being a, he's a, but see, he's I, a dorky guy. He's a nerd. He's, but I think he should be the good, the, the fun dorky guy. He's not being the fun. He's being like, he's trying to be like a badass. He's being a dork by playing a villain character. You know what I'm saying? Well, look, I, I, I think he'd be better as a dork playing the good guy character. The is, like he does like in the, DDT. I don't whatever. like the PWG stuff either that he does. Agreed. I, I'm not really into that either. I, it's just, he just needs to be a bull club asshole. He need this car- This is why I was screaming from the rooftops that he needed to work that entire world tag league tour. This is a character that needs some refinement because it isn't working as is. And if it wasn't for that final three or four minute stretch where they just fucking wrestled and they're both competent, they're both really good wrestlers. Taguchi's competent and can be very good uh, at times. I mean, he's had some great matches and Kenny Omega, I will tell you, he has the potential to to be uh, one of the best wrestlers in the world. I've yeah. seen him be one of the best wrestlers. Absolutely. Go back and watch his 2011 run as All Japan Junior Champ when he was one of the best wrestlers in the world. Go back and watch some of his DDT uh, main events. Yeah, so those those tags. Uh, there's the one from last year with him and Ibushi versus uh, uh, Endo and uh, Taki. Cool. Um, yeah, right. Team matches too. Uh, you know, this guy has the has the ability. This guy is so talented, and I fucking hate 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 this run that he's on right now i can't yeah i'm not i'm not a fan either it's to the point where i i legitimately believe this guy has the potential to be the one of the best wrestlers in the world and i don't want to why i want to skip his matches now i'm i'm ready to hand wave this dude his next singles match i'm telling you right now if it's another if it's like this again i'm i'm hand waving him i'm done with him until someone tells me that the act has adjusted i because i can't it's it's horrible it's definitely not what i want i was i was there i was i after the yeah like you said i was about halfway through i watched the flagpole thing i watched some and then they went back and the the crowds that and i was just like i I really i'm like on a time crunch do i really want to waste another eight minutes of my life watching this i did but i shouldn't have (laughs) because i mean the end was fine but it was it was more i mean the end was almost the end almost upset me more because I was like, oh, right. Like, yeah, why not you are good. Like, and then here's right. the sick part. He w- and they had really good back and forth, and Taguchi looked at Warrior Open, and it was just like, you know, they were doing, the, the, there was, you know, some decent cradle spots. They were kind of reversing each other's way. It was like, oh, okay, like, cool. And it was just like, well, damn it. Like, why? And, he, and he's winning these matches clean. And it's like, okay, I would almost rather he just works like an asshole heel and then doesn't win clean. That would be more appealing to me then working the match in this manner and then winning clean. I mean, you're going to do all this goofy comedy bullshit. It, th- at that point, it doesn't make sense to win clean. You know what I mean? I don't know. None of it makes sense. It's all just shit. This was terrible. The match at Wrestle Kingdom, I, I, I didn't hate that match like a lot of people did. This one I hated. I hated yeah. this fucking match. I couldn't stand it. Yeah, I thought the best they could ever do together was, was that Wrestle Kingdom one. A lot of people and really I thought liked ever the since Wrestle then. Kingdom match. The Wrestle Kingdom match, a lot of people really liked it. And a lot of people really fucking loathed it. I fell in the middle somewhere. Shit. I was, I was, a, I enjoyed it, but I thought it was the best that those two were ever going to do together. I just, I just don't know if it's a good match. I, I'm very that much I disagree on because I think if they just wrestled a match, they have a really good match in them. 
Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. You're, lower, yeah, you're always not a kinda... big Taguchi guy. No, and I think I think I'm going to be a, a lot more excited, you know, in this next with, with Omega and Dorada, which obviously was well, hinted see, at. I was match, excited, but I don't know if if, if this bullshit. <laughs> I'll let I'm you know. Excited. I will let you know after the first match. He's going to be sticking flagpoles up his ass and fucking. This guy's had two singles matches in this company. One was worked around an eyeball and the other one was worked around an asshole. I mean, you know, plenty of body parts, plenty more left to go. Yeah, you know, ear. We got an ear. Oh, he's wearing the mask. That's gonna be tough. Maybe you have to get the mask off to put something in his ear. So that'd be. I don't know. The cringy parts of this act need to go away. I agree. He's not off to a good start at all. You could. I don't think he could be off to a worse start in his New Japan career than he than he is. It sticks out too on New Japan too. It's just it like really a, does. It's not what you want when you turn on a New Japan show. It would be like a. <laughs> You know, it, it's almost like a hard gate thing or whatever. Like, it'd be fine on like a DDT or whatever, and like, but it's so cringy on New Japan. It's just like, it looks like he's playing a character, and everybody's just kind of like sitting there laughing at him. You, you know? Yeah. It's just it, there's yeah. nothing there. And, it's, and, and for those who uh, may not know that reference, before you start oh, sending right. us tweets and emails about how we're uh, gay shaming or something, he's Rich is referring to Razor Ramon Hard Gay. Go- right. Google it. Who, Kind of looks the same. He's wearing yeah. similar just clothing to Google it. Yes, We're Razor not going to get Hard. into it, but yeah. just Google. It's it's a wrestler. It, it, if you look up Razor Ramon Hardgate, it's not going to give you anything bad either. Because we had a bunch so. of fucking whiners last week. I'm, I'm sorry, Rich, but I, I know you fucking pound your head into the table when I do this. But we had a bunch of fucking whiners last week who had a big problem with, you know, the the the, the, face, the Facebook creeping bit that we did on last week's show. Yeah. We had all these whiners, uh, you know, complaining that, uh, you know, we were fat shaming people and, uh, you know, and, 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 and all this other bullshit. Oh, look, man, we we're just having some fun. Okay. Jesus Christ. I mean, look, we, first of all, the one comment we got on Twitter, the dude goes, do, do we really need to hear you fat shaming unnamed people from your high school? Okay. Now that's a contradiction in itself. How can you fat shame someone if you don't name them? <laughs> you can't fat shame someone if you don't name them. That's not fat shaming. I didn't call people out by their names and call them fat. Okay, that would be fat. Sh- you you even said it in your tweet, dummy. You can't how you, you can't fat shame unnamed people <laughs> because it, the, the, you it's like uh, you ever see the Seinfeld episode where he rents the car, right? And he goes to pick up the rental and they don't have the car. And he goes, yeah. but I don't understand. I had a reservation. Uh, I don't think you know how to take a reservation. And the lady goes, oh, no, no, no. We, we took – he goes, yeah, you know how to take the reservation, but you don't know how to hold the reservation. And really it's the holding of the reservation <laughs> that is the essence of the reservation. It's the same thing here. You can't fat shame someone who's unnamed. And and look, even if I, even if we did fat shame people, who cares? Okay? That's what we do. Yeah, we have some up. fun around here. Okay? If you're that tightly wound, then maybe Kenny Omega needs to attack your tight anus okay lighten up okay we have some fun on this show okay and you're not gonna suck the fun out of it go listen to some dry podcast where the hosts are afraid of their own shadow and they're afraid of offending people there's plenty of shows like that i could suggest a few go listen to k paul sawyer's show go listen to international <laughs> object if you want to fall asleep listening to a podcast where the hosts are scared <laughs> of their own shadow and they never say a goddamn thing that's compelling and they never say anything that's interesting they never talk about razor ramon hard and, day and, which and and, and, and and you know they're and and, and they're uh, you're walking on eggshells because they don't want to offend anybody go listen to one of those shows 
okay, by some neckbeard in their basement who's afraid to offend anyone. Go listen to something like that because you're not going to get that here, okay? Every now and then we're going to uh, we're gonna rattle a cage, okay? That's just yeah, the way it is we, because if you're a real that. person who talks like a real person, every now and then you're going to rattle a cage. And if you don't like it, go up to the top right-hand corner of the screen and hit the X button because I don't want you to listen okay if you don't know what we're about by now then you're never gonna know i had it rich i fucking had it there it is i can't All take right. it i know it's you're mad at me and i know God you're annoyed by Omega. this and i know oh, you're I'm not. No, 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 no. It, but i can't take it we're having That's a little okay. fun we did a harmless little bit about facebook creeping okay and let me tell you something Everybody Facebook creeps. I don't want to hear it. And what does everybody do when they go to their high school reunion or they face – what do you do? You compare yourself to the people from your past, okay? So you want to – you think I'm an all – you think Joe Lanz is an awful person for quote-unquote fat-shaming unnamed people? You all do the same thing. <laughs> everybody listening does the same thing. You go to your 20-year high school reunion, your 10-year, your 25-year, whatever it is. You think to yourself, I'm doing better than that guy. I'm in better shape than that guy. My wife's hotter than that guy. And if you don't do that, well, get – all right, you know what? Then you're a better person than me. X out and go listen to some boring podcast where they're, where they're afraid of their own shadow then, okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza because Joe Lanza's not changing. Boom. What do you think of that? Well, you're, standing up. you're standing up, aren't you? I did. I did stand up. How I can feel it. Yeah, I know. I know when you are. I can feel it. it makes me sick. You know, it no, just, I agree. I mean, at this point, and, and that's where I, I – yeah. You should uh, know what we do here. I mean, geez. Right. We have fun, and, and the whole thing is, Rich – you know, you know, you know. Let's break kayfabe. You know, it's all tongue in cheek. We're just having fun here. You know what right. I mean? You know, it's it's. It just makes you sick. These people. You know, this is not the show for you. It just isn't the show for you. Then, if if something like that's gonna bother you, you know. Right. And, if, and the if, insinuation if, that, if, that, if that making a throwaway comment that I'm in better shape than the guys I went to high school with is gonna bother you to the point where you gotta send me a tweet accusing me of fat shaming. Then you know what? That, please, this is not the show for you. Then. I, I don't know how you've gotten this far listening to this if that's what offended you. And, th and that's the thing. Yeah, we've gotten this far and we've done what we've been doing now for, you know, close to three years or whatever. And we're not going to change. We do what we do. And, and we, we are this. And if you want to listen, if you like it, you like it. Keep listening. We appreciate it. We love it. Keep talking to us. If you don't like it, if you don't like what we do, we're not going to change. So just don't people, go, like, go away. People then. with a sense of humor like it. All right. right. This is, this Enough people, people don't who are, care. Who are trying to be offended all the time. They probably are the neckbeards. They're the ones, you know, so it doesn't, doesn't matter to me. All right. Okada, Sakuraba, and Yano. All fired up now. Versus, well, this will be the perfect match then. I, not, maybe not. But Bad Luck Fale, Tamatongo, Yujiro, obviously the Okada team won. Um, one really note I wanted to come here. I don't know. Uh, I, I wanted to text you before, but I didn't want to spoil it. Did you notice that Sakuraba did literally nothing in this match? He had one kick. Somebody got hit to the ropes, and he kicked them, and that was all he did. I'm all out of breath like these guys I went to high school with who are completely out of <laughs> shape now. Um, yeah, I mean, this match was terrible, and Sakuraba, I mean... It's a good check if you can get it, but man... He started the match and then tagged out, and you never, he might I'm, He might have just hopped, I, in, a, no, he, he he might have hopped in a cab and went home, for all I know. Well, no, and then the funniest part was, okay, so he did that little kick or whatever, and then the last five or ten minutes... He wasn't on the apron. I couldn't recall what happened. And then when they celebrated, I didn't see him initially. And I was like, oh, is he just gone? Did he just like have a flight to catch? And then he comes up and like gets his hand raised. And I was like, oh, you shouldn't get your hand raised. You did nothing here. Yeah. But this was all Okada. This, this, the story of this match was Okada pretty much single-handedly dominating these guys and sort of getting back onto his winning ways, hitting some beautiful drop kicks, doing the stuff that Okada does. So we're, don't worry. Okada is on the way back. But, the, so. but 
let's not sugarcoat it. This match wasn't any good. It, it sucked. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at everybody it's, else that's in the match. If they Okada or Tamatanga wasn't in the ring, this match was was dreadful. Yeah. When Tonga is the second wor- best worker in a match, I mean, I know you like him. I think he's kind of just there. I thought Tonga was very the, good here. I thought Tonga. No, I thought, I thought he was good too. But that's what I mean. Like he's the second best guy in this match. I mean, that's probably not a good thing. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, let me tell you something. He's a replacement we're, level we're, wrestler. We're, he shouldn't be your second best I, guy. Uh, I wouldn't call. It. Listen, we're going to be doing a podcast in about six months. You're going to be eating your words. I like this okay. guy. I, he, okay. it's opportunity. It's opportunity with Tonga. I'm telling you. Well, you you can write the uh, you can write his bio for next year. I see uh, some good fans. things. Look, I'm not saying he's been, look he hasn't been good, but he but uh, I'm just no. I got in this match. He was very good. He he was he hard of in this that match. team. Yeah, I I thought he was great. I thought in this match, I thought what about he was the bump very, he very took good. for the rainmaker. Oh, that was great. No, he he took an awesome uh, drop kick. I think it was to the back. Was he the one that took it to the back of the head? Uh, and did a great job. Uh, yes. Or was that just Fowler? And I thought he took one to Fale the back of the head too. Fowler took one to the to the. Fowler took one to the front to to the. Yeah, no, it was Tonga to the back of the head then, and then he followed that up with the, just the fucking awesome rainmaker spin. Yeah, no, I. Fowler took I'll the get... one too, where he went for the grenade, and and Okada escaped the grenade in midair and gave him like the missile drop kick. I, I mentioned this. I was tweeting this while the show was going on. Have you ever seen Okada throw a bad drop kick? Like at some point he's got to screw oh, it up. Yeah, right? he's one of the nicest drop kicks. I mean, it's right up there. Whoever you like want to talk about, he never hits a. He never hits one that doesn't look like a million bucks. Uh, yeah, whether you every single one is like, I'm just waiting for that one where it's just like, ah, that's okay. Like they're not that. Every single one is like, fuck, that's great. Like you know what I mean? Like you he's haven't got a great drop kick, man. Right up there with anybody anything. you want to talk about. Jim Brunzel, yeah. Lance Storm, Doug Fernet, whoever you want to bring up. Guy's got a great drop kick. He hasn't had one mediocre one. Like everyone he hits is fucking great. Gorgeous it's so good. Kick. But uh, but you know the match was shit. Uh, look, bad luck, Fale. He fucking You, you want to talk about he's fat the... shame, and I'm about to fat shame, okay? He's... This guy looks like he's gained about five. Every time I he's see him. Huge. You can see it in his face. Even the, even if you don't want to notice the body. Look at this hat. This guy looks like he looked. Every time I watch him, I feel like he's gained another five pounds. He, he and, and the problem is, it's not like he was ever nimble to begin with. No, and it's making him a worse worker, and that's that's the bigger issue. He was is never that. like, you know, I, I I think he has like a rugby background or Australian rules football. He played one of those uh, types of sports. I don't know how he did other than being enormous because he's not a good athlete. And if he is a good athlete, it's it's one of those deals where it's not translating to a wrestling ring because he never looks sure of himself. He never looks agile. He never looks – like he has good body control. Do you know what I mean? He's just yeah. He's a big lug, just flopping around. He's yeah, just, and just a not yeah. Big dude, and it's like he's getting bigger in the wrong ways. It's not like he's hitting the gym. This guy's belly is hanging over his his belt now, and and it's it's hindering his work uh, tremendously because he was not even a great worker to begin with, and now he's slower and 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 less agile than ever. And he's just I I you know it, 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 I, this guy's just getting worse and worse when he should be getting better and better. Um, you know, Yujiro did nothing in this match. Yano did nothing in this match. Sakuraba hopped in a cab and went home and it just, it just wasn't a good match. And, you know, Okada, you know, he hit that beautiful rainmaker on Tonga. The Tonga took that great bump and that was really the only thing to take away from the match. You know, it's, you know, they, Okada, um, you know, is kind of how I felt like he would, he would, he would beat Tonga here, but you know, they're, they're, they're going to save the, the win over Folly for a singles match. Yeah. Which is fine. Which is okay. Hopefully it's that New Japan Cup and we can all move on, but we'll see. It's probably going to be a division tech. All right. Uh, next match was, I thought, a sleeper match that, that really ended up being pretty good. Uh, Nagata, uh, Kojima, and Naito uh, defeated Nakamura, Ishii, and Yoshihashi in a little over 16 minutes here. Uh, obviously, um, 
Kojima was filling in for Makabe. Do we know for sure about Sendai? No. Not as Because New Japan site does not say. New Japan Knight does not it still has Makabe in the title match, so I don't know. Yeah. As far as the never title, but... but I mean, nothing as of this recording, but I'll tell you that the one my one main takeaway from this match, um, I think Nakamura hopped in the same cab as. as uh, yeah, he was. He was nothing. Yeah, I but, forgot he was in. The, I completely forgot he was in the match. To be honest, my takeaway here was I'd rather see Kojima face Ishii. Yeah, and <laughs> then Makabe. And look, I'm I mean, we've seen that. We've seen that fan, but. I might be biased, but I, when they got in the ring together, I felt like that was something fresh. No, I, I'm right with you, and I'm not a big, as big of a Kojima fan as you were, and I, I saw that, and I was just like, man, I really would like to see this. Like, I could I could do 16 minutes of this, and then we've seen Makabe. We've seen that story before, the Makabe Ishii. I'd, I'd love a Kojima Ishii match. Yeah, I really don't have a ton of other thoughts about this. No, this was it. was it. better this than was the just previous uh, trios match. But it wasn't anything special, and it was nothing I would ever watch. Nobody really stood out besides Kojima and Ishii, and, and, and in particular, Kojima really stood out. But everybody else was just kind of there, and Nakamura was, was a non-factor. Yoshihashi was what he always is. I think he's trash. But, um, and Nagata was fine. He was Nagata. It, it, it was whatever. The, it, it was the other nothing. thing, too, was the crowd booing Naito, which was fun. Yeah, because Naito's really they weren't as they weren't as visceral, as you said. They, they're kind of now it's sort of a tongue-in-cheek. It thing, is. That's but. exactly what it is, and it's a lot of fun. Because at first they're like super a little quiet and they sort of play with him and he plays with them. And it, it, it's a fun little, um, it's a fun little thing go, they got going. And next time I, it's I a big it. match, it should be there. Right. I got to drink some water. That rant. I could tell. Yeah, you're, you are a little parched. You need to, did you need me to? No, I have it. I have it. I just. Okay, you got it there. Take your, take your time. That's unprofessional, right. but I got to. Oh, I'm, I'm drinking. I got a fucking mic. Can you hear me? I drink stuff all the time during I these. can't hear you. Oh, well, there you go. It's very unprofessional though, but yeah. But some people do it and it's ridiculous. Like you like, hear them like chugging and like dropping the can or whatever they're doing. You, you, okay, that's I'm glad you can't hear me because I, I do it constantly. All right. Uh, as we mentioned, Guns of Gallows uh, defeated Shibata and Goto to retain uh, retain the IWGP tag titles. Um, I thought this was pretty good. And I, I admit that I kind of like these matches more than most people. And this was another one. I don't think it was as good as the Wrestle Kingdom, but I thought it was really good. I thought it was okay. And, and you know, the ending... And and how it played out, I we, we talked about it at length at the beginning, and I didn't really like that. But as a match, it was fine. Yeah, I have breaking news. Oh, uh-oh. This may qualify as a spoiler. So here's what we're going to do, okay? If you're listening... A lot of, a lot of talk about spoils or, spoilers lately. I don't know if you've been following the Twitter account, but I've been receiving emails about me spoiling stuff for people. So Okay, I don't know the, the complete whole story or the nature of this. I'll tell you what. I'm going to look at... We're going to talk about this for 60 seconds. So if people want to skip, okay, skip. I'm going to put a timer on. I'm going to put a timer on my phone right now. Okay. Okay. Don't skip yet, people. Don't skip yet. Listen, we'll tell you when to to skip forward 60 seconds. 60 minutes? All right. Let me know. When when are you ready? Okay. Rich, since you have the stopwatch, tell tell the listener when to skip forward 60 seconds, and I will start talking. At the count of of three. So we'll do one, two, three. Okay. Apparently, Chuck Taylor has debuted at NXT as we uh, oh, as wow. it's being now. Now, here's the thing: I don't know if it's like a blue pants deal. You know what I mean? Like Leva Bates with you know, it's yeah. just like an unsigned jobber. I don't have any details. I have a text message, uh, and it says Chuck Taylor has debuted at NXT from somebody in the building. So I have no idea if it's as an unsigned jobber. I don't know if I don't know. Probably is because we probably would have heard about if they signed him, correct? I'm sure you would. Yeah, yeah, it would have been in the Observer something. So, so there you go. How much? How many seconds do we have left? Uh, we got a little bit. So, what do you want to talk about? 
We got 17 seconds to play with Joe. 17 seconds Free. to burn on Chuck Now it's 15, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I, you know, it didn't take 60 seconds. So now... Was he one of the Chikara masks, or was he uh, just Chuck Taylor? Uh, yeah, yeah, what's his deal? What's his Eastern European deal? Uh, Mr. Ajitabur- Mr. Azerbaijan, yes. Yeah. No, it was Chuck Taylor. Okay, we're done. Okay. We're done. Anderson and Gallows. Okay, Anderson and Gallows, yeah. Here's the thing. Um, they worked it like a Southern-style tag. Uh, Which they've been doing, and that's why I've been it, enjoying yeah, it. Yeah, and it's like... I think that formula works for these two teams for whatever reason. I think the reason it works is, like in this case, in the last two matches that these two teams have had, they've worked over Goto, who's you know been in the Ricky Morton role, if we're going to use the mm-hmm. Southern Tag comparison. They've been working over Goto, and every time Goto uh, does a false comeback, it's Doc Gallows killing him with a power move, whether it's the Gallows pole or a big sit-out powerbomb. And, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, it, you know, it continues to, to put heat on the, uh, on the babyface and peril deal. And then, you know, they tag in Shibata for the hot tag, which obviously he's the perfect guy for a hot tag. He's so good at the House fiery babyface thing. What a, what a waste that we haven't seen that forever. You know what I mean? Like he's always been pretty good in like kind of the, 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 the shooter badass thing or whatever, but fiery babyface Shibata. Oh, there's nothing better. Yeah, and he comes, he's so good at kicks it. ass and he does his corner drop kick. And then, but in the case of, of this last match, they ended up getting cut off and they ended up losing. So, um, you know, it was okay. I think I gave it three and a half or something like that. And um, it was just, it was the, 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 the finish was just as we've discussed already. You know, the finish was a surprise. And I don't think we need to go over that again. I mean, we discussed it at length, you know, to open up the discussion on the show. But it was an okay match. You know, it was probably, for me, it was the fourth best match on the show. Yeah, that's fair. I'll give you that. You know, I, I enjoyed it. With but... Junior three-way. Abushi Hanma, the, the the title match, and then that would have been the fourth best match on the show. I mean, there probably, probably go three. Yeah, I probably go third match. or fourth. Yeah. I mean, it, this this show didn't have a ton of great matches. On. No, it wasn't very good. <laughs> it was, it was there. But uh, yeah, then we'll go to the main event here. Uh, AJ Styles defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi to win the IWGP Heavyweight Title. Um, not a whole lot here. Uh, Dave gave it four stars. I I don't know if I liked it that much. I don't think these guys have very good chemistry. I, I am kind of anticipating both guys kind of going in a different direction. I thought it was okay, and I thought it got a lot better once Tanahashi got you know busted open hard way, and then there was a little bit more intrigue. But I thought Styles didn't really do enough to, to capitalize on it. He did the one punch to the side of the head or whatever. But there wasn't really – I mean, the crowd was screaming when they saw you know or, uh, Tanahashi bleeding, and then it just kind of – Never really went anywhere else. I yeah, it, it was okay. I mean, I I won't say it was bad by any. I mean, but by New Japan main event standards, it was just kind of there. I I just don't think these two are very good together. They're really good uh, separated, but together, I don't know. I just I there's never been. I've never felt really a lot from them, so I don't know. I thought that um, that Tanahashi busting his head open on Matt Jackson's skull um, really helped the match. Uh, because from that point forward, I really loved it. And I know that was unintentional and I have no idea if they switch gears. He did look like he was knocked a little loopy after that. So they may have changed the way that they worked the route. I'm not suggesting they changed the finish. Okay. I tried to make that clear in the review too. That's not what I'm saying. I think the plan obviously was for styles to win the match, but it was very grounded after that. Yeah. And it was very like styles pretty much just dominated the rest of the match. And Tanahashi just, he looked glazed over. And right, which is weird because they wouldn't. I, I, that seems like weird booking because after he does that, you'd assume that he's kind of a house of fire after he takes out, takes all out the, the entire bullet club. Right, but he didn't. He was like on the ground and like, 
you know, Tanahashi, or, you know, Styles is like kicking him while he's on the ground, and like, it, yeah, control, Tanahashi never really much came controlled back. the yeah. rest of the match. Right, exactly. Tanahashi never got a comeback after that, which is yeah, that, that is and, a little. And to me, that made was interesting. And then when they teased the, uh, you know, Styles went for the Hurricane Rana in the corner, and Tanahashi caught him, and they teased the Styles Naito spot from Wrestle Kingdom, but in, with in this case, Tanahashi delivering the middle rope Styles clash to Styles. And the crowd remembered that, and they popped for it. And that's when I started really getting into things. And, you know, Styles blocked it or whatever. And then Styles had Tanahashi set up for the Styles Clash, and Tanahashi was fighting it off and fighting it off. And then I thought it was just so smart because then Styles just gave him a pile driver. Yeah. Which I think he called – he has a gimmick name for that pile driver. I think he calls it the hollow point or something. I could be wrong about that. Ooh, yeah, let me let me look it up that, real that, quick. I'm sure. It's, it's, I never know what moves are called. I'm, I'm he's terrible. He's got the guy that. in the Styles class position, and he gives him like a Tombstone style pile driver where he lands on. It's not like a sit out pile driver, but I think he calls it the hollow point. I'm not. I'm not. Um, no, there's nothing. There's nothing on the Wikipedia. It just says over the shoulder, back to belly pile driver. Does so. he call anything? Am I confusing it with? He calls something the hollow point. Let me see. He? We're the wrong guy. We're the wrong guys to remember. Hollow Point is the the Gonzo bomb. Oh no, no, that might be it then. What's the Gonzo bomb? I don't remember now. Um, no, that's a power bomb. Um, All right, so I, I, it wasn't the Hollow Point then. No, no, no. The power. Hollow Point is the, the Gonzo bomb. Yeah, I knew he called. He's something. got the Bloody Sunday, the Hollow Point, uh, the Cliffhanger, the uh, the Phenomenon or the Stylin DDT, uh, the Pele Kick, the Style Suplex Special, the Star Maker. Rack bomb. Whatever happened to the uh, yeah. to the power slam, Rich? I know. You know, you got the thing is. Whatever happened to atomic drops? Remember whatever those? happened to the atomic drop and the, the power? Kenny Omega dropped a, after he uh, he fornicated. <laughs> Look, I'm, after I'm, he uh, he sodomized uh, Taguchi, he hit an yeah, atomic he drop. The whole match was... around his asshole, which was bizarre. <laughs> um, I'm all listen. I I'm the guy who's all for the progression of professional wrestling and moving forward and doing new things and not and no longer doing the same old shit. So I have no problem with these new creative moves that guys come up with all the time. I wish guys would continue to keep creating moves and stop doing it. Like I never want to see a bear hug again. Like it would, it would please me greatly if nobody ever used a bear hug in a pro wrestling match ever again, because all it does is scream 1973 to me. I don't want to see moves that were used in 1973. I want things to move forward. Okay. But the problem is then these guys give all these moves. These, everyone has a different name for the same move. Right. And I have no idea what I have no idea. (laughs) I I am the worst at that. I couldn't tell you the names of these moves as I just displayed in in embarrassing fashion, calling this thing the hollow point. I shouldn't even have bothered. I should have just stuck with pile driver. Anyway. Well, luckily you don't review matches for a site or anything, so it's fine. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. So I'm the I'm the same way. Yeah, back in my creator wrestler days, I was pretty I was a lot better at it. But you know, when I was I, when I was pouring through you know moves on an N64 to try to create a wrestler, but now I have no idea. Yeah, a I, of, I just a lot of what they're called. I know what they are. I'm like, yeah, it's a powerbomb variation, and people will be like, no, it's called like the. <laughs> yeah, if you stick variation at the end of anything, you kind of sound halfway intelligent. And that's what I do. I'm like, yeah, it was a pile driver variation. They're like, no, it's called like the the sunrise. Yeah, sunset. I'm like, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's like, right. it, like that's that's my problem. All these guys have to give the same moves <laughs> some some name that relates to their gimmick, and it gets confusing, you know. So so anyway, yeah. So he gives them the pile driver, and then he gives them the uh, Styles Clash. A pile a pile driver variation. He gave him a pile driver variation, uh, which may or may not have been the hollow point. And uh, then he gave him the Styles Clash, and he won the title. So I really enjoyed that finishing stretch. I thought I loved the callback spots of Wrestle Kingdom. I love the fact that that this has become 
um, a battle of the styles clash between these two because I like it for two reasons. Number one, I like it from a storytelling perspective of Tanahashi digging that move back up after he stopped using it for a while, you know, in deference to, to AJ Styles. And I like it because it's sticking it to all these fucking assholes out there who, who think the move <laughs> should be retired. I love the fact that they're doing a feud despite the fact that one of their wrestlers is laying in the hospital with a broken yeah. back. They're doing a feud yeah, I think you're done with the, uh, the uh, hey, who's been seriously hurt by this? Well, well, no, I'm not, because still, it's only one guy. In the history yeah, no, I know. of wrestling, there's one dude who's been seriously hurt by the move. Why should you ban it? I can give you moves that are done every night that have crippled more people than the Styles Clash. It's just that this is a high-profile thing. For whatever reason, it stands out because it looks more dangerous than these other moves that have killed. Power bombs are infinitely more dangerous than Styles oh, yeah, Clash, yeah. and I'll prove it to you. I made a post on the Observer board where I named about seven or eight people whose careers ended on power bombs, or careers effectively ended, or missed a huge chunks of time. And you know, it's way worse for your head too, which is funny given that. Yeah, and, and, and it'll come up maybe in our uh, our, our takeover review, and, and I forgot who tweeted this out, but somebody was talking about because everyone's talking about the you know the Kevin Steen or Kevin Owens' package pile driver or whatever and how cool of a move that would have been and and i think at some point he probably will hit it but you know wwe the pile the, the 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 pile driver is oh it's icky and it's bad and but what's funny is they do the power bomb and they love the power bomb and everybody just the tons of guys do the power bomb and it's fine it's whatever but the funny thing that i love about that is that they're so big on like concussions and all that stuff fuck the power bomb is snapping your head against the mat constantly like a lot of times like, Sami Zayn took how many power bombs? That's way worse than any pile drive. How many times, when you watch NXT, how many times do these guys bang their head on the entranceway when they do those dives over the top rope? Yeah, way worse. I mean, geez, these guys are all getting mini concussions every time they do this shit. And again, it's those stinking dragon gate. It's those dragon gate guys, though. And I, and Joe, I'll, they're going to be dead in two years. And listen, all, I'm the they're one flipping into 10 people, and that's bad affair. <laughs> and I'm the one who doesn't give a shit what these guys do to their bodies. These right, are right. grown men who can do whatever the fuck they want to. I don't give a single shit that Daniel Bryan keeps doing those topes on his bad neck. That's Daniel Bryan's business. And if he wants to be in a fucking wheelchair and go hang out with the dynamite kid in five years, that's up to him. It's not my fucking problem. I don't need him to do that tope. But I'm not shouting from the rooftops that he needs to stop. Same thing with the chair shots to the head. I have a very different stand. You want to whack? You want to get whacked in the head with chair? Be my guest. It's not my fucking head. Scramble. You want to scramble your brains? Go ahead. I'm not asking you to do it, but I'm not telling you you need to stop either. But anyway, so they've centered a feud around the Styles Clash, which I love that they're sticking it to these people who don't like. Because I love when things get when people stick things to people. Yeah, and I wrote that in my match of the uh, the month thing because there were a lot of people that, that were like, oh, I didn't like Naito's style. That wasn't any good or whatever. And I said, well, the whole story was that, that Styles Clash. And it was so – to me, that was such a cool moment that, that they could center an entire match from the beginning of that match. I mean it started off the bell ring, and he immediately tried the Styles Clash because he knows, hey, I hit this, and this guy might – you know. and then the whole rest of the match was Naito doing whatever he could to avoid it to the point where that when Styles locked it on – you had people screaming. There was the women just like crying and screaming because it's so cool now because now you have this sort of – and unfortunately, it took the expense of, of one of their, their stars to, to be near death or whatever or, or you know bleeding out of holes in his, his halo or whatever. And I hate to laugh yeah, about yeah, that because it's yeah, awful or whatever. Yeah, let's, let's be careful. I mean he's not near death, but he definitely broke his neck. And no, no. He just I mean, got he's, the he's, halo removed last week and everything else. Yeah, and he's very – I mean no, no. He's not near death. And either, also but, you know. I'd like to remind everybody, unlike Lionheart, okay – uh, Yoshitatsu said, look, it's my fault. I tucked my head. Yeah. I'm an idiot. Okay? He's not, he's not writing letters to AJ Styles begging the guy to stop doing the move because he didn't – because he tucked his head. 
I just wanted to right. make sure people are aware. Yeah, yeah. No, but what I love about that and what they've done with the style clash and why I think it's going to be great going forward is that now you have this move that people don't, I mean, people know that it's going to end the match and then when he hits it, he's probably going to win, but people generally fear for people when they're in the move right. or whatever. Right. Which is great. I mean, that when Naito had it, when Naito was on the top rope or the second rope or whatever, in it, you had women crying and screaming and like, no, don't, no, don't hit it. Like, you're going to kill him or whatever. And it's, it's I love that. And I love that. And, it's, you know, it's, and wrestling has exploited things like that for decades. Right. I mean, and so I stopped now. All the way back to Ox Baker, where, you know, a couple of guys, he didn't, it wasn't as a result of anything he did, but a couple of guys happened to die, you know, shortly after wrestling him. So they turned it into a gimmick. They said that the heart punch was killing people. So they, they you know, in effect, they were exploiting the deaths of, the, of those wrestlers to put over this guy's heart punch. Which could you imagine if they did that today? What some of these people would be, oh, yeah, would be yeah. crying about if, if they did things like that. If Ox Baker's going around the world saying I've killed two guys, <laughs> I've killed five guys in the ring or whatever. I mean, the whole he added guys to the list, I think. I think there was more guys, you know, he it was actually like two and he made it six or five or yeah, I mean, you know, wrestling is not a nice industry. It never has been. You know, they'll exploit anything to make a buck. Um, you know, which is why I don't understand how some of these oversensitive people enjoy this. This pastime. yeah, how do you guys like wrestling? How do people it. like that enjoy this pastime? I liked is- it because it was like ridiculous when I started watching it. I was like, this is sweet. Like, I don't, I'll, I'll watch. I don't want any goody two shoe stuff. I want you know. It's, yeah. it, it, wrestling is built on overt racism and sexism and 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 exploiting. De- I mean, that this is what. It's such a dirty industry. I mean, if if look and and, and I don't you know I. I'm not someone who enjoys racism or sexism or exploiting death, but I understand wrestling for what it is. You know what I mean? And it's just goofy entertainment and they do what they got to do to make, but you know, I, I, you know, I just don't understand how these people enjoy wrestling sometimes. If those, things- uh, Joe, do you want to take another 60 second break here? Oh, you have another breaking, uh, news. I do. I think it's about the previous breaking news. All right. Let's warn let's people. Take a, let's again. take a, all right. To the count of three, one, two, three. Um, who, who'd you get that news for about Chuck Taylor? I don't understand. Cause I'm question. looking, I'm looking right here. Who, who gave you that news? I guess you can't. I have a text yourself. message that says, uh, Chuck Taylor debuted at NXT. That's all it says. Cause then, cause Rob McCarron, who's live at the show said, holy shit, sexy Chucky e. T debuts. And then he goes, okay, this one is a joke. Oh, so the person who sent me that. That's why I'm just curious if they saw that tweet and went, oh my God. How much time do we have? Uh, we got a little bit more because Brian Kendrick was actually on the shows. So Brian Kendrick debuted in NXT. Yes, and I think I think that was part of Rob's joke. We have mm, 17 seconds left. So, yes, I believe that's a joke because I was like, wow, that's really out of left field to Chuck Taylor. But good for him if so. But, yeah, it appears to be a joke. So. That wacky Rob McCarron ruining our radio show. I know. Come on, man. Start spreading false. It said, okay, this is a joke. Okay, we're done. Uh, all right. <laughs> so yeah, AJ, sorry, AJ Tanahashi. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> gave him I, four stars. I mean, like I said, I think after the he got his head knocked in, it, it, it gave that match that little added element, kind of like yeah, it, when CJ Parker bloodied Steen's nose on when sure. Steen. Well, I, oh, I called him. Steen. And the thing never healed. I, I I really hope that Steen just kept that thing like bleeding because there was like there was like TV like you know and and stuff that they recorded afterward. He still had the freaking scar, and I was like, I hope it's like a I hope it's a legit scar and it just bleeds all the time when he comes out because it's so cool. You know what's weird is I'm not even a guy who who is a big proponent of bleeding. I I don't. I actually think when guys are like, you know, you know, like in the 70s and early 80s when bleeding was all the rage and, you know, it seemed like, you know, every big 
uh, match and a lot in certain territories were just, you know, uh, guys were just the proverbial crimson mask. Yeah, I mean, right. You'd see it in Memphis a lot. You'd see it in, uh, you know, like uh, uh, Mid-Atlantic a lot where guys would just bleed like stuck pigs. And you'd have those pictures in the magazines where guys' faces and their – Yeah, I, I always remember Greg Valentine red. and all those old books I used to see. Yeah, all the uh, Guys uh, with bleach uh, blonde hair especially because it would look good, you know, the blood. And I was never into that. It kind of grosses me out to be completely honest with you. I was ne- – I don't need bleeding in my wrestling. I, you know, it's just, I, I enjoyed it for a long time. And then now that we haven't had it, I go back and watch stuff on the network or whatever. And I watch and I'm bleeding. I'm just like, what are you doing? This looks silly. Like there are times like, like obviously WrestleMania 13 with Austin where I thought that was perfect for that moment. Perfect for that. But now you see, you just see random triple H main event against whoever. And like, he's busted open. It's just like, nobody needs that. Like, you know, or you watch, like you said, every minute, you know, random Greg Valentine match and he's just busted. open. you're like, I don't, it it looks silly now. Now that you've, now that you've kind of taken yourself out of that and you're, it doesn't happen every single major pay-per-view. It's funny how now I see it and I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't really need it's kind of like hardcore wrestling. Like now that I'm away from hardcore wrestling, every time I see those matches, I'm just like, this is stupid. Like at the time I was like, yeah, they're pretty cool, but yeah, I was also young. So was, I was younger and there was definitely so. a period of time in wrestling where they overdid, you know, blade jobs and, and bleed. Yeah, WWE really over like probably like two thousand two till like two thousand six. Like literally every Triple H main event, there's a pretty good chance he was gonna start bleeding. And then then when Flair came back and and then he, you know. Ric Flair will never look for it. Like he doesn't need an excuse to start blading, but yeah, he would be in those random main events with against whoever. So yeah. Yeah. But it, and, really- and of course there are, like you pointed out, Austin was a good example. There are definitely times. Don't get me wrong. There's times where blood adds. To no, it's, it's yeah. I mean, there's no question, but the point I'm, I'm kind of getting at is I kind of like when it's organic and happens by accident. Oh, yeah. To me that, that really adds something like when Fale broke Nakamura's face and, we talked about the Kevin Owens one against CJ Parker. This one kind of had that feel to it where it wasn't meant to happen, but it, it, and it ended up to me that for whatever reason, that's when the blood is more compelling to me than mm-hmm. when they do an obvious blade job and their face is just covered in blood. That's just kind of gross. Right. And, they get hit by the ring bell and then their heads underneath yeah. the apron for five seconds. And all of a sudden they come out and they're, yeah, it's like, yeah, that doesn't right. do anything for me. Um, yeah. And and it's kind of has the opposite effect sometimes, but uh, but yeah, this was a case where I thought Tanahashi getting his eye busted open added to the match, and uh, and helped the match. So um, look, it's not a match year contender. I thought it was a really good match though. Um, the show as a whole, it's funny because you're down on the show. A lot of people are down on the show. I'm down on the show. But the fact of the matter is. I, you know, at the end of the day, I'm writing my review and I'm getting ready to write my summary and say how disappointed I was in the show. And then I, I, I <laughs> it's not bad, yeah. And there, I, I gave three of the matches four stars or better. I mean, geez, I mean, that's just the bar that this company has set. We've talked about that before. That's the double-edged sword. Um, you got to be fair, okay? If you're going to praise them for all these great shows, you have to knock them when the show doesn't knock it out of the park because that's the sure. bar that they've set. Right, they've changed standards, so now you—I mean, bad is bad and good is good on their standards. On their standards, and, and, and by, by their, their standards, standard, this was not, not a great good. show. No, this was uh, a good show. I wouldn't call it. Maybe, I could even—it wasn't bad. Bad's tough. It's not a bad show. I can't call it a bad show because that three stars, I, three matches, I gave four stars or better. I can't call it a bad show. I just can't. I mean, it, you know, it's hard to call a show with one great match a, 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 a bad show, but let alone three matches that I thought were, you know, very good. Very, let's say very good. Let's not say great. Great implies, you know, match at a year level, which nothing on this was. But there were three very good matches on the show. So I can't call it a bad show. It was a good show. 
by New Japan standards, this will probably be one of the worst pay-per-views they'll have all year. If it's not, yeah. they're not going to have a very they're not going to have a very good year in comparison to the the last couple of years that they've had. Right. Agreed. All right, so let's move on to what I thought was a really good show, uh, and I'm interested in your thoughts of it because you kind of watched it a little bit later than everybody else, and I haven't really had a chance to talk to you too Spoiler much. Free. You weren't on... Spoiler free. Yeah, you did. I that, was Twitter that's silent the entire day. I know. That's why I was I like, I don't know what any... you think about any of this yeah. stuff. I don't know what you... <laughs> you and I were learning about the, you know, we're see, learning Rich, each other's... Because see, let me tell you what I do, Rich, when I don't want to see a spoiler. <laughs> okay? Here's what I do. I stay off the fucking internet. Because it's not the internet's job to make sure that Joe Lanza doesn't see match results. Okay? <laughs> so I, we, we get people who send us these emails that are mad because when we post our reviews for the shows, like sometimes, you know, there'll be a wrestler celebrating in the picture or whatever, and they complain that we're spoiling the show. Once something happens, at that point, it is news. And you cannot criticize people for reporting news. <laughs> yeah, I mean, think of what you would do. Say, okay, so say I'm I'm out of, say I'm busy on I'm I'm recording a podcast right now, and and the World Series is on or whatever, and I didn't get to watch it. I don't expect I don't yell at the the Chicago Tribune for putting an image of you know the can the, the San Francisco Giants celebrating the World Series because I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, they, or I don't go on ESPN.com and go, come on, show a ground ball out. Like, show the pitcher, like, getting ready. Don't show the, it, the celebration. Like, what the hell are you doing? Listen, like, if you can't watch it in real time, it's on you to avoid yeah, it's what 2015, happened. I'm sorry. It's not on us. It's not on anybody else. It's, it's on you and you alone to avoid the results, okay? I had things to do yesterday. I went to work. I had some other things to do. I couldn't watch the New Japan show or the uh, until I got home, and then I was watching the New Japan show while everybody else in the world was watching the NXT, and I just stayed off of Twitter the entire day until I was done watching the NXT show at 1 o'clock in the morning or whatever it was. Okay, I wanted to avoid the spoilers. You know me. I'm a big proponent of watching things unspoiled, or I can't enjoy them yeah. that much. That's just, that's just me. I know some people can watch spoiled wrestling and enjoy it. That's great. I get more enjoyment when I when watching it unspoiled. So I made sure I didn't see it. I didn't come in contact with anything that would have spoiled these shows for me. You can't blame people for reporting news. We can't we can't pay attention to what picture we choose for the once we're once we're filing a review to the site or filing a review to Twitter. It's a review because it's over, and once it's over, it's fair game. It's news at that point. When the Olympics take place 12 uh, time zones away, okay, people report the winners of games and events at the Olympics because it's, at that point, it's news. You can't avoid – it's your job to avoid this. Stop sending us emails. <laughs> we, did have, we did have a few people that, that brought up an, an interesting point. I, I, I might think about doing so where they said that they, they look to our reviews to like recommend matches that they should see, and they still want to watch those matches unspoiled. So what they'll do is they'll go to our review and then look at like the star ratings or something How like that. How can so, you hold on a second? Hold I, on a second. It didn't make sense to How me either, but there were a, quite a few okay, that came up. If yeah. you open up our review, it has the results in it. And that's what I was going to say. Now, is you're I, telling I, me you're just skimming the page to look for star ratings. Okay. You're already rolling the dice because you might accidentally read a result. Or we have gifts. I mean, we use a lot of the gifts now. We use Senior Larry those gifts. I'm not going to stop using those in the reviews. I think they're a, an essential part of, of – and he makes so much – I mean to show the moves and show that means so much more. 
look, you're going to get spoiled by those anyway. Even if I put the star ratings in there and even if I don't use pictures, shit, I used one of his gifts that said Kevin Owens is your new NXT champion. <laughs> like, I'm not going to not use that. Even if I use a normal image of them, you know, just wrestling or doing Why whatever. Why should like, you you're not see use that. it? It's a review. I, That's hey, what happened on the show. I, I am. I'm with you. So this is I, well, it, this doesn't even deserve my breath. <laughs> but I'm already if it happened, it happened. It's your job to avoid it. But God, they just, Jesus. But we appreciate you coming to the site regardless. So we'll, uh, I will try to be slightly more careful, but no, I'm not going to completely no, change. No, we won't, Rich. If, if, I'm going to be slight. If I'll something's be... news, it's news. <laughs> I agree, but Rich, yeah, I'm, Rich. I'm with you. Well, I'm saying you're, you're not going to avoid I it. watch Lucha Underground every week. I review yeah. for the site. I avoid the Lucha Underground spoilers because I like to watch the show unspoiled. But I can't expect the entire world to shut down for a month before the show's air and not say that Alberto Del Rio showed up. That's not – I can't – and I can't get mad if someone rep- – that's ridiculous. It, 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 it's, it's news. It happened. It's 2015. Look, you don't want the show spoiled. Here's what you need to do. Watch it live. And if you can't watch it live, turn your fucking phone off like I did yesterday. I didn't even have my phone on because I didn't want text messages from people who weren't sure whether I was watching. The last thing I needed was someone sending me a text message. Yeah, can you believe it? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) so my phone was off. I didn't need my phone on. I was at work already. You know what I mean? It's like who else do I really need to talk to that bad if I'm already at work? You know what I mean? It's like so the phone went off. My job needs me. I was there already. You know? And I turned the phone. Yeah, I came home. I put Sean, and and I watched it unspoiled like a normal person. I didn't go send any emails to everybody who reported news. <laughs> NXT Takeover, sir. Let's break it down here, match by match. Um, give our thoughts on each of these, and, we'll, and then we'll do kind of overall thoughts. Uh, the opener, Hideo Itami defeated Tyler Breeze. This one, and I, I, I was so tempted to text you, but I know you didn't see it. I want, and I, and I tweeted it out, and I, and I talked about it, and I was so tempted to, because this is your guy. Tommy Kenta is obviously your guy. This was it. This was, you know, we talked about, you know, the, the conference call on Tuesday where Triple H was there, and he talked about Tommy has, you know, it's been a slow sort of transition for him, and he's told him, open up. You know, I hired you for a reason. Open up, show me what you can do, and by golly, Hideo Tommy showed him what he could do. I mean, this wasn't this wasn't prime Kenta, but it was pretty damn close. It's the closest we've come on NXT for sure. He's almost there. Um, the kicks, the fire, the 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 everything was. It was like, aha, yes, okay. This was the closest thing to Kenta yet. I, he's not all the way there. He's still doing little things that I wish he would stop doing. Um, but he's he's this 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 was the first semblance of Kenta, and quite honestly. I'm glad Triple H said that publicly. Um, because yeah, because we had the wrong narrative about it. We had the narrative that they were telling him, hey, champ, you know, stop hitting those kicks or whatever. Like, we kind of, and, and fairly or not, we had the, at least I did, had the idea that they were telling him, hey, you got to slow it down. You got to chill out. You got to do this. It was good to hear that, like, Triple H was like, no, dude. <laughs> like, dude, I heard Kenta, so be Kenta. Absolutely. Like, this, and that's, exa- that's basically how true. I'm paraphrasing, but he said, do what I hired you to do. Do yeah. what brought you. Do what brought he says, you. To I, the dance. I heard you for a reason. Do that. Yeah. yeah. Do what brought you to the dance. I want to see the guy that I hired, and he listened. He went out there and he he. And Tyler Breeze deserves a lot of credit too. Sure. And Tyler Breeze is a guy who I sort of turned the corner on um, 
you know, a couple months ago. Look, he's going nowhere with that gimmick, but it's fine for now. I'm not saying he needs to dump the the model thing right now, but long term, because I do see Breeze as a guy with with a high ceiling. If I didn't see Breeze as a guy with a high ceiling, I wouldn't care what his gimmick was. You know what I mean? Because it, it, at that point, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Just be entertaining. Look, if you're gonna be if if, if you're if you're gonna be um, Damian Sandow, who I don't believe has a high ceiling, then then gimmick it up and be entertaining. You know what I mean? And I wouldn't have a problem with it. I don't, but I see Tyler Breeze as having a pretty high ceiling. So the gimmick long term isn't going to, he's going to have to eventually find a way to kick that gimmick. But it's, it's okay for now. But you're right. He does deserve a lot of credit. Um, he ate a lot of hard kicks in this match. And, um, and he had, I thought this was an excellent match. You know, yeah, I, I, I really liked it. I had it three and a half and, or three and a quarter, somewhere in that range. I think you were the same. I went three and a half, yeah. And this was the closest. This is this was the first time that he really I really felt like I was watching a Kenta match. I still think he's playing in the crowd too much. I still think he's smiling too much. I don't think I saw Kenta smile his entire career until he signed with this company. And it's like that was part of his aura. Part of his aura was he was this grumpy little shit. You know what I mean? And that's part of that was part of his charisma and that's part of what made him great. And um, you know, I I I think he needs to uh to to kind of reharness that. Um, so I don't know, but yeah, this, this was the best match he's had so far. Oh, you know what? Yeah. The, the Finn Balor match last week. Was, that was really good too, but I thought this was the close. I mean, maybe not better than the Finn Balor one, but this was the, the aha moment that, okay, look, this guy still got it in him. Like when he need when, when we, cause we were worried that like, oh shit, he's just ruined. He's done. I mean, he's lost everything. And this was, no, I, I still got, it. I can do Kenta whenever I want. Yeah, and uh, we've been waiting for this guy to just kick people's chests in and pick people up by the hair and smack them in the face and and do all and the find a finishing move that hasn't been stolen by somebody now, else now yet. listen yeah to be i'm glad you brought that up <laughs> because let's be fair to the guy he's now on his fifth <laughs> fifth string finishing move <laughs> poor guy who has ha- who has had to dig that deep because let's go let's break it down go to sleep Obviously, he can't do to go to sleep, or at least look. They're teasing. Which, by the way, oh, which, which is, I, I said, I, I said, I, I tweeted out when the show was going. I said this. I hope this is like the Hanma win. I hope he just never. I hope it's like two years till he hits this go to sleep. Completely agree. They need because it is so. I mean, the crowd goes ape shit when he does. If they just, if he just wastes it on some random show or what, I like. He just need that needs to be. You know, maybe it's a main roster thing or whatever. Maybe it's his gimmick. You know, for a while, it's got to be the thing that wins him a title. It's got to be the thing that wins him the world title or the or, or the NXT championship or something like that. It can't just be a match against Tyler Breezer. It, it's got to be something more because it's it's awesome and the crowd's invested in it and that's great. Could not agree more. He should keep teasing it every. And look, I love the fact that he doesn't tease it every match. Yeah, just the big ones. Just, he teases just... it every now and then, and I think that's great. And I agree with you. I don't think he should ever fucking do a thing. He should wait a fucking years till he fucking does the thing. Okay, right, maybe but never. Don't ever do it. <laughs> do it that right precise moment. But the point is, go to sleep for obvious reasons. He's not doing that one. The 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 uh, the uh, game over, which is the yes lock. So for obvious reasons, he can't he can't <laughs> use that one. The uh, I'm gonna miss the Basaiku knee or whatever you call the 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 Daniel Bryan flying knee. He can't use that one. That was finisher number three. Then remember he debuted before Finn Balor, okay? And he was using the double foot stomp off the top. <laughs> he was. So he finds a finisher after the three that he used in Japan were were null and void. 
he uses his fourth string finisher, which was just a setup move in Japan for him. It wasn't, you know, he never used it to win matches in Japan. He did use the move, but, it, you know. And then Finn Balor comes in and says, and just fucking, he, he just. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. yeah, he just apes, he apes the move from him. I mean, well, how the fuck did that happen? So Finn Balor takes that away from him. So now he has to come up with a fifth move. So now, apparently, he finished off Breeze with, like, a straight leg variation of the flying, you know, Basikuni or whatever, you, however you pronounce mm -hmm. that shit. Let's figure out how to... Kind of like a big boot, like a, like a, yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, I don't know if that's what he's going to settle on. I don't know if he's going to figure something else out. I'm okay with that. I think it looks good. Um... But but who knows? I think they're gonna have to give him a. I, I think and just knowing them, like I, I I'm okay with it. But they're gonna want something that's got a little bit more impact, a little bit more well, you, know. you know obvious, a little more of that. I mean it, it's it's fine for what it is. But I think he's gonna need something. But I it's on him. Though. Guys, I mean when it the comes guy's to invented finishers, five moves and everybody keeps taking them. So I mean yeah, he's literally on his fifth string finishing move. <laughs> and I mean so you be fair to the, the guy. Go to I mean, sleep, it sucks about the go to sleep too because he he that is hit like he came up with yeah, it. It I mean, sucks so much. <laughs> You know, and I'm glad he's still doing the the corner drop kick, which you know him and his buddy Shibata. You know, uh, I'm not, obviously people were doing corner drop kicks before, but they're known for the corner drop kick. You know, him and Shibata, and it's like Baller's doing that too, and it's like, but at least he didn't stop doing that. You know, is he doing the double stomp from the top still or no? Has he done it since Finn Baller kind of? I don't think so. No, I don't. He stopped don't it so. dead. Well, when they team together, they both do it. But I don't know if he's yeah, done it. Yeah, it was. I don't know if he's. I done don't think he's done it match. since. I, I I don't recall. But I don't think he's done it since. And and I was because it's been a while since I've seen the the inverted uh, go to sleep that that Kenta used to do. But it looks exactly. I just watched a video of it. It looks exactly the same as the go to sleep. So you can't because I was thinking of one that he did in in, in Noah or whatever. And that one. It, I mean, look. The other problem with the inverted go to sleep is it's really hard to execute. And well, yeah, because you have to bring, put a knee to the back of someone's neck. Yeah, so it's probably it's, not a it's good idea to do that. Watched many times. I mean, I, yeah, let's let's not do. I that was at one, a match though. in Houston in 2009 where he wrestled Davey Richards at WrestleMania weekend, and that would have been a five star match, but they botched the inverted go to sleep twice. Yeah, and, and the guy just falls down then, and it looks. Silly, and then they and... got frustrated, and they both were frustrated, and then he just picked them up by the fucking hair and gave them a a very vicious <laughs> traditional go to sleep. <laughs> But, you know, it ruined – I won't say ruined because it was still a great match, but that would have been my match of the year that year had they not blown the fin. It was that good. It was just a mm -hmm. tremendous fucking match. And, by the way, I watched that match sitting next to Nakajima, who – Ooh. Listen, this is the only time in my life that I marked out in person for a wrestler. I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm watching the – because he wrestled Roderick Strong earlier on the show. I think it was – yeah, it was Roderick Strong. And I'm with my girlfriend at the time, and, and you know we're 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 watching you know the Kenta Davy Richards match, and she's like she keeps elbowing me like in the ribs, and finally I, I'm <laughs> trying to pay attention to the fuck fucking you doing? match. Yeah. I'm like, you know, it's like I didn't want her to come to begin with because she wasn't into wrestling, and I knew I was gonna have to fucking talk to her and pay attention to her. You know what I mean? Anyone? And that's not you're not being sad. You just want to watch. I want to. I wanted to go watch wrestling. I really didn't want her to to make this trip with me. You know, and it's it's like so she can't. So she and I'm like, what do you want? I'm I. I this is like the match I came here to see. Okay, I didn't come here to watch Kamala wrestle Bobby Hagedorn, uh, uh, Shane Hagedorn on the other card. That's oh, really? Right? I, I came. I never seen that. You know, I, I can't. This, was it this Shane card Hagedorn? Up. I think it was Shane Hagedorn. Let's Bushwhacker see. Luke was on that show too. Oh boy. Um, he might this know. The you Ring know what? Show? Yeah, yeah. Because if you remember, Bushwhacker Luke was a regular during that period because he was friends with with uh, Carrie Silken. So he had like a year long run 
um, mostly dark matches, but you know, he was signing autographs at every show and Kamala was there for WrestleMania weekend. So this was night one of whatever they call their shows during WrestleMania weekend, 2009 in Houston. Okay. Um, look it, up. it was, it was, uh, somebody wrestled a uh, Supercard of honor. Yeah. Supercard of honor. Uh, pull it up. It was, I think it was Bushwhacker Luke, either, either Bushwhacker Luke or Kamala beat Shane Hagedorn on that show. So anyway, it was uh, at the George R. Brown Convention Center. Yes. All right. And, let's see. And the fire alarm. Well, I had another run in on this show. While you're oh, here we go. Dark match was. Um, oh, good dark matches. Alex Payne and Andy Right Leg Ridge. That's a great Ernie Osiris and Ninja Brown. Then you had Bushwhacker Luke and Grizzly Redwood. Okay, that's pretty fucking sweet. Yeah. That's okay. Against uh, Andy Dalton. Yeah, hey. Dirty Andy Dalton. Yeah. And Don Juan. Who's uh, Don Juan? Who's wrestles for River City. Uh, 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 River City Wrestling in San Antonio. Okay. Uh, Eric Stevens versus Rhett Titus. I always liked Eric Stevens a lot. And he just kind of fell off of it. like completely stopped wrestling. Yeah, he's gone. He doesn't wrestle anymore. Yeah. Uh, Incognito and Sweet and Sour Inc. was Chris Hero and Eddie Edwards. Yes. And as you know, Incognito is, or maybe you don't know, Incognito is Sin Cara Hunico. Oh, yeah. Right. That was a six. Yeah, I knew. I, I did know that. I just team of Chris Hero and I kind of assumed Incognito was like the name of like some random white dude that they just gave a mask yeah, to. It was, it, was, it was Incognito, yeah. Chris Hero, and Eddie Edwards. That was a trios match. They wrestled. Uh, um, blue. Let's see. Um, blue Panther. Uh, not Blue Panther. Nope. Um, a Blue Demon Junior. Blue Demon Junior. Um, <laughs> I forget who his partners. I don't have Blue Demon Junior here. Oh, wasn't Blue Demon Junior? It was not Blue Demon. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna keep doing that. <laughs> Larry does it too. He throws Demon into everything. Yeah, Blue now. Demon like, Junior. <laughs> like people are gonna think we actually like that, and now we're, like it's gonna become such a joke that people thing. making fun of it that it's gonna become a thing, and like people are gonna say, "No, it was uh, Jay Briscoe, Kevin Steen, and Magno." Magno, Magno, yeah, yeah. So you were close. You were... And the top rope broke during that match. <laughs> oh god! No, but they, right. no, but they. they they, Did they play it up? It was, oh, they worked it. Was it was awesome. Okay. It actually helped the match. Chris, it wasn't a hard foundation where everybody just kind of shivers in a corner. No, and Chris Hero was tremendous. And then you know what they, you know what they did is, they started doing moves. They started doing mock top rope moves off the second rope and turned it into <laughs> fun comedy. Yeah. And they totally saved the match. I mean, it probably ended up being a better match than it would have been if the rope didn't break. Uh, Roderick Strong versus, as you mentioned, Nakajima. Yeah. Uh, here's here's Blue Demon. It's uh, Claudio Castanoli. I don't know whatever happened to him. Uh, defeated Blue Demon, Brett Albright, and El Generico in a four corner survivor match. Yes. That sounds fucking interesting. And like, I will tell you, I don't know if it was good, but it sounds really it interesting. Was, it was it was fun enough, and I can tell you that um, there might have been I don't know. Do you have attendance there? Maybe there's like nine. Uh, I got eighteen. I got eighteen hundred. Yeah. Okay. So there was like two thousand people there, a little less than two thousand people. I can tell you that. A third of them left after the Blue Demon Junior match because they were Mexicans. They're all Hispanic. Yeah, they yeah, came yeah. to see Blue Demon. They had flags. They had fucking. Uh, yeah, because you look at the rest of this card. Not really the uh, the Mexican. Uh... No, that was it. It was. Blue- oh, there's nothing. And and, and and they had those noisemakers that you hear at the lucha shows. The yeah, yeah. Thing like that the goes, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Like that fucking gimmick was going on. They had <laughs> flags. They had. It was it was a pretty cool atmosphere. But then they all left after the Blue Demon Junior match. Which, oh, they missed. which was weird because like he's not even like a big star. Like people like laugh at him because he's shitty. So yeah, that didn't make a ton of sense. But I guess it was Mexicans who were living in Texas now who had a chance to see, you know, some luchadors. That right, normally right. They wouldn't get to see. You know what I mean? So I don't know. 
So yeah. So what? Uh, what was next? I got Brian Danielson, Alex Kozlov. The fire alarm went off during that match. Okay? Oh, is that that one you were yeah, talking about? Yeah, and they yeah. wrestled through it. Okay, they wrestled through the fire alarm, but the fans <laughs> didn't know what to do. We were like, okay, do we do we leave? Yeah, <laughs> do we stay here and die, or do we to watching Kozlov? Do we die watching Alex Kozlov? Right. So like. Some buddies against Brian Danielson. It's like it's, it wasn't a good enough match where you could immediately be like, I'll die watching this. But well, it was Brian Danielson. Yeah, but I mean, it's still I mean, yeah, I know what you mean, but I'm saying like if it was a it was Danielson and someone Austin, Austin you're like, no, something. I'll die. I'll, like, I'll die. I don't care. Like, whereas this you're like, ah, I mean, yeah, so we, that's Alex Kozlov. I mean, I, I could probably just bounce out. Yes, yeah, so we bit, all but. started to like slowly leave, but like while still keeping an eye on the ring. And this was my run in with Brian Alvarez. Because oh, right, yes, the unmasked. I, yes, I saw Brian Alvarez standing there. I'll never forget. He was wearing one of those awful suit jackets with the patches on the elbows. Okay. <laughs> yeah, high school. Is he a college professor? I guess professor? he's like an algebra teacher or something. So he's wearing like the algebra teacher suit jacket with the fucking patches on the elbows, and he's on his cell phone. Okay. And I guess he didn't know what to do either because he's like half out, not half not. So I interrupted his cell phone conversation, and I said, you are Brian Alvarez. <laughs> And I pointed and he, and he said, hold on a second to whoever he was talking to. And he said, yes, I am. And then I said, what do we do? Do we stay here and die or do we, do we exit the building? And he said, I don't know. And I said, it was nice to meet you, Brian Alvarez. And he said, it was nice to meet you too. And then he got back on his cell phone. So that was my one and only meeting well, with Brian Alvarez. As, and we could have burned to death together. We could have died of smoke <laughs> inhalation. And my biggest fear is that, like, people would have thought I was wearing that suit jacket with the elbow patches. So, oh, right. When they find the shards, yes. they're like, oh, when somebody I, was wearing a suit jacket. With like, I what an burned to death next to him. Probably this corpse. It was probably this corpse over here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I didn't want Because it wasn't Brian Alvarez. I mean. Yeah, but, right. Exactly. I didn't want to. He's a man of, of I, I, rich, I fashion. Rich, I literally didn't want to get caught dead with a suit jacket <laughs> with elbow patches on. So, yeah, that, that was during the Brian Danielson-Kozlov match. All right. Uh, oof. This, I remember why I didn't like 2009 uh, Ring of Honor. D'Lo Brown defeated Colt Cabana. Uh-huh. And this was during the D'Lo gimmick where he was like doing low blows and holding the tights. Yeah, it was It was one of the times when I actually just skipped a Ring of Honor show in Chicago. It was like D'Lo and – I think it was D'Lo and Jerry Lynn, and I was just like, no, not doing it. Like I was like, no, I know. Like, no. And I liked D'Lo when I was a kid, but this gimmick that he was doing was just the worst. It was so bad. Uh, Kenta with Eddie Edwards. I don't know why he was he was accompanied by Eddie Edwards, apparently. Uh, Kenta defeated Davey Richards. Yeah, so what happened was they had their match, and I didn't know this. So my girlfriend's elbowing me in the ribs, and finally I turned to her, and I'm like, what the fuck? I'm trying to watch this match. I came here to see this match specifically. She's like, that other Japanese guy is sitting next to you. <laughs> so I turn, and here's the weird part. I'm the worst when it comes to recognizing like people in real life. Like I just say you're racist in all the ages. It's, it's not even that. Like no, that's what you're saying. George no, Clooney saying. could knock on my front door and I would open the door and I would say that guy looks like George Clooney, but that's not. I just want people to get mad at you for another reason, even though you watch tons of Japanese wrestling and, and have no trouble figuring yeah, can out. Can we not throw stuff? another false narrative on me? I mean, <laughs> So, but anyway, like George Clooney could be at my front door. Nakajima's hard to tell. I wouldn't, if he was wearing street clothes, I would have. Actually, you know what? If he was wearing wrestling tights, I probably wouldn't know. I mean, like, unless they say this is Nakajima, if I'm far away, I don't know if I would really know. 
until he started wrestling, obviously. But so, so it's like I didn't reckon I I knew there was a Japanese man sitting next to me that wasn't sitting there for the, the yeah. rest of the show, but I didn't make the connection. And then when I turned and like really looked at, stared him in the face, I was like, "Holy shit, that's fucking Nakajima!" Sit. I guess what he wanted to watch the Kenta match, and because he wasn't, he came up there, he wasn't sitting there until the Kenta match. So I didn't bother him. Okay, because I, he was focusing on the match. I, he was watching the match, and I figured, all right, maybe he's studying the match. I, I don't know what's going on here. So I left him alone. And then after the match ended, he got up, and he was starting to leave. Then, for the, this is the only time in my life I've ever done this. I, I don't go up to wrestlers. I don't talk to wrestlers. I don't do that. I just mind my own business when I go to shows. I stopped, and I said, excuse me. I said, I forget what I said, though. I think I just told him that you know I enjoyed the match or whatever, and I offered my hand. I shook his hand. The only wrestler I've ever marked out for in my life in person of all people, is Katsuhiko Nakajima. <laughs> well, there you go. So, you know, that that's it. I mean, if, if, like, if Terry Funk lived across the street, I'd never go knock on the door. Like, I just, it's not something I do. I'm not into that. You know what I mean? It's, I don't like doing it either. It's they don't weird. like it either. It's, it's fucking weird. I, I'm not, in, now look, when they're at shows, I do believe that's part of a wrestler's job, especially at an indie show. I Look, if they want to sit there and try to sell t-shirts, and they, look, they're working in my opinion. So I don't, yeah. I think they have to deal with fans. If you don't want fans to come up, you stay in the back. You know what I mean? So, but at, at the same time, it's just not something I do. But Nakajima, I, I don't do it with athletes either. I've ridden elevators yeah, with athletes, and I, I just yeah, kind of like, thing. like I rode an elevator with like Ben Wallace and Anderson Verjao once, and I was just like, eh, whatever. And like I stayed at the same hotel as like the entire Pistons in like 2005, and I I saw a bunch of them. Like throughout the day, I was just seeing them all throughout, and I just I let them go because I don't want to be like, oh, big fan. And like, yeah, okay, shut up, dude. <laughs> like, cool. Yeah, like, it's, it's kinda... I'm just trying to ride an elevator. I'm just trying to get to my hotel room, dude. And I'm just like, I, I get it. Like people, other people are like, no, I pay your tickets and that, 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 and you're an athlete, but I I like to. Unless you're at the game or at this thing, and then I'm gonna bother you. So yeah, and it's like, uh, look, I don't knock people who want to meet famous people. That's that's great. I don't knock autograph seekers. Um, I don't. I don't. I do. I don't I do. knock people. Adult autograph seekers are the worst people in the world. How about wrestling? Jur- the how about scum. how about wrestling journalists who insist on taking pictures with every wrestler they ever meet and posting them on Twitter? How about that? Yeah, I, I don't like them. I also don't like ones that, <laughs> that, uh, that get on moral high grounds and then post pictures of dudes' erect penises, but, you know. And then take it down and then have everybody... What about when they're, what about when they're the same person? Yeah, oh. Ooh. Are they? That's interesting. Know. Well, hope we can go to Lucha Underground sometime. I'm sure Derek Cueto would like to take a picture with you. <laughs> you know who else uh, was at that show? This This... Oh, I, I, there's still two more matches, sir. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. That wasn't even the main event. Go ahead. Now we have Austin Aries and Jimmy Jacobs defeated Necro Butcher and Tyler Black. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 